Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Matt and Dean of Rover. Uh, they're a heavy soul. I'm doing air quotes that you can't see. Uh, they are a heavy soul band. I just saw that on their Facebook. Uh, and they're also formerly known as Silent Lions. And uh, we'll find out why they had to change their name in the show. Uh, but... Yeah, so I, I, this was an awesome show. Matt and Dean were great. Thank you guys for coming down and meeting me at the Black Cloister. It was a Thursday evening. I had no idea that trivia night was on Thursday. I just showed up. I just thought it would be a quiet night, on you know, a quiet bar that we could just hang out and talk and do whatever. But no, that was not the case. It was popping off there on a Thursday night, which is good news. Thank you, Elo, for letting us set up back there in in the back corner of everyone's way and uh you know shoot the shit uh the black cloister downtown toledo check it out i totally cool decorations and like cool vibe going on in there um so uh matt and dean are coming up in a few minutes right now i want to talk about randomistique.com or randomistique's new album 1018 which is coming out one four nineteen. I, I'm so used to writing the 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 numbers down that I, I I can't remember what the actual date is, but it's January fourth, two thousand nineteen is the official release date. It will be there will be pre sale at uh um it'll be pre sale. Let's see this Friday the twenty eighth. <laughs> wow. I'm going to get this. Look, it was a crazy... Yesterday was Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. I ate so much food that I woke up hungover from food. So, like, I'm still waking up. I've been trying to work since 8.30. It is currently 11 o'clock a.m. And I, I and this is as far as I've gotten. It's been a rough morning. So, please stick with me. I know I've been trying to keep these intros short. So, I'm going to you know just bowl right through this shit so uh the new album 1018 comes out january 4th 2019 the pre-sale begins this friday it's uh december 28th 2018 which uh which is also a show date for us me and reyna will be up in adrian michigan at hooligans and uh, we'll be playing from 8.30 to 11.30. So that's um, two things on one day, Friday, 12, 28, 18, <laughs> December 28th, 2018. Our pre-sale begins uh, for 10.18 for the album that me and Raina just are, are about to release. And you can go to Raina Mystique, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com to get all the information, get your pre-orders in. And also with, um, with, uh, you can, um, check us out at hooligans and we'll be doing acoustic versions of these songs. These are full band renditions of songs that me and Reina has written over the past few years. Um, yeah, so we'll be playing at hooligans Friday, the 28th, 8.30 to 11.30. Also, I just want to give a couple little uh, disclosures before we get into this podcast. Uh, Secret Spaces is one of Dean's side projects who 
for a side project that's signed to Equal Vision Records. Um, that's interesting to me. But I just want to say uh, there's a part in here where he wanted me to edit out something uh, about secret spaces, which is that they are disbanding. And uh, that was before they announced it officially. But it, uh, Dean's officially announced that secret spaces are, 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 are coming to an end. And so when you hear me talking about how we're going to edit this, I just left it in there because they already announced it. And I just figured it'd be okay. Dean, Matt, I'm sorry if you're not okay. Or Dean, rather, because Matt doesn't really have anything to do with secret spaces. But, um, you know, Dean, I do apologize. But you already told everybody, so I just figured it was fine. And why do extra work if I don't have to? I'm not, I don't feel like skimming through there, even though I have a timestamp on it. Um, wow, that just makes me sound like a lazy piece of shit. Um, no, it's just I'm hungover. Yesterday was Christmas, so I, I just I need to get through this intro. <laughs> so let's just push on. Okay, guys, write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. You can also uh, leave a review on iTunes, uh, which people have been leaving reviews on iTunes, which is so nice. Like, I don't know. It's thank you guys. I, my subscribers, I have a subscribe. Uh, a I have a subscription subscriber. <laughs> I can't even get through this fucking intro. Holy shit. I have a subscriber email that I'm going to be sending out as soon as Raina, my wife, and the smart one out of us, um, as soon as she reads it over and gives it the grammar check and uh, makes sure it's all cohesive and makes sense, uh, which. Uh, if you listen to these intros in the past, you know that I can be very all over the place and not cohesive and not make a fucking bit of sense. So we're doing that and then we're going to send it out. And I think I'm going to just post it as like a blog and it might be the only post or subscriber email or it, it might be the only one ever done because I and I'm going to make it into a blog. And so I, I don't know. There's a lot going on right now. Okay. Okay, can you cut me a break? <laughs> Write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us suggestions. If you are a someone who's looking to be on the show, write us and uh, I'll be happy to talk you talk to you and uh, you know I, I'm happy to talk to anybody. You just gotta reach out. So, okay, let's get into this. This is Dean and Matt of Rover, R-O-V-R. And I'm going to put all the stuff in the links and stuff in the show notes. So go check that out. Sorry about the long intro, but here's Matt and Dean, everybody. In the in the carbs and, and the cream and, and and the extra butter and uh, that like threw my whole system through a, a through a loop when I first got back here because yeah. I was eating very clean Southern California San Diego is where we were at and it was like 
I immediately gained 10 pounds. <laughs> like, I mean, like, it wasn't even a, a thing. Especially my mom is, um, my mom is, uh, uh, she's Mexican, and I have, like, aunts here. Like, yeah. a lot, I, my family's here. So, I basically have, like, a Mexican restaurant that's open 24 hours a day, and I have access to the yeah. best food ever, but it's also, like, the worst for you. It's so it's like it was it was kind of a weird thing. It's just a, it's a test you set up for yourself and your it's and true self control. It's true, and you can indulge when you need it, and you can just. You it, know. The problem is, is that I'm a little too indulgent. <laughs> Do you have that problem? I mean, you I'm seem like a very right fit now. person who yeah. like controls what goes into your fucking gullet. I've I've made yeah I've made that a goal in the last couple of years. And yeah, it's, it's, especially when you're busy too. Like to always maintain, you know, I start to sound like a robot when I talk about this, but like to always feel productive, to always feel healthy. Do, do um, you talk a lot about fitness? No, not usually. But you, this you won't be a fitness podcast. No, I no, well, I love fitness too. It's like. I have a couple friends that like, you know, we'll do yoga or we'll work yeah. out or something. We talk about that stuff, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just kind of a personal kind of yeah, mon yeah. monastic kind of thing. Right. Uh, so what, I'm sorry I interrupted you when you were trying to tell me something. I'm so sorry. What no, were you no, saying? But I wanted to go back to, we had said you hadn't been here for 15 years. Oh, yeah. And then how much Toledo has really changed, Holy especially shit. downtown in 15 well, years. You know? That's all I've been talking about on this podcast. Podcast okay, because yeah. I, the podcast started in San Diego, and then me and my family, who you met yeah. uh, at your show, I'm sitting with Matt. And what's your last name, Matt? I'm so Klein. Klein. Matt Klein. He is the other half of Rover. We're waiting for Dean. Will you say his last name? Tartaglia. A is that Italian? Yes. Okay. Well, or Greek. Or Greek. Oh yeah. Either way. Uh. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I. I, I I always go to Italian anytime I see a vowel at the end of the name, you know, so... I don't think he really cares either way. <laughs> okay, well, we'll just call him Dean the Greek Yeah. for no reason at all. Okay. Um, yeah, so coming back here, we van-lifed, and I podcast all the way across America, so that was fun. Yeah. And so getting here and coming here over the years and actually getting here and, and putting my foot forward and, and actually trying to work as a musician here, um, it's been completely surprising and a relief. Because when I left in 2006... And you probably remember this. I don't know how old you are. How old are you, if you don't mind? I'm, I'm 35. Oh, okay. I've, so I've been playing like on and off in the Toledo music scene since the okay, early 2000s. Okay, so you, you're very aware of yeah. how this used to be. Yes. Okay, so back in 2006, yeah. when I made the great escape out west, um, I, I planned on never coming back because I never thought there would ever be a... Um, an opportunity here or like a way to work you know I, I'd play here and there every now and then and I know there's always been a couple people here that kind of maintain this like professional musician who is able to work as a musician and live a life here yeah but it's not like it is now where people are like like people are able to like bank money from shows to go record albums and stuff like mm -hmm. that wasn't a thing in 2005 yeah so it's coming back seeing it and then processing it, and this helps me process stuff, this show. Yeah, so like, I get that. So that's actually what I've been talking about a lot with the people here, and, and I've been talking about like sort of the, the, the you know, the lineage of, of how and why, and like, what, I mean, like, why do you think, I mean, because we seem to agree that the music scene is definitely way cooler. Yes, yeah. And uh, what... Well, everything about downtown Toledo has just been progressing in the last, right. you know, 10 years anyways, and... 
and the music scene's been kind of up and down even within the last 10 years. Yeah. But it's just kind of, you know, like the flow of talent, you know, young bands that stick around for more than a couple years. Yeah. But um, it's also just how long a venue can make it. And if a venue's like, if they're bringing in different kinds of crowds and really getting a lot of different kinds of people interested, it's easy to kind of just compartmentalize that. And one music venue does one kind of music. Um, we haven't had too much much luck with um, DIY venues lasting very long. Usually they'll do great for six months mm-hmm. and then just dis- disappear. But and when those, you when you say DIY, you're saying like art, like art rooms or whatever. Yeah, places or, that aren't bars. Yeah, yeah. Full time and okay. that um, are just really dedicated to music or art shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, Beaux Arts. Beaux Arts. That's what I was trying to think of. Farm, actually, on uh, Saint Clair. I mean, that's the most famous one in the last twenty years here in Toledo and. Um, they're not currently active though, so no. What, been looking. What's his name? He moved to like South Carolina or something, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah what what the fuck moved. was his name? Well, Jerry ran it first, Jerry. and then and Tony yes. is um, still around too. He I didn't know well. Tony, but I knew Jerry from yeah. uh, Mickey Finn's days. He was a bartender there back in yes. back back when yeah. I was still here. Hey, Dean, what's up, man? Come on in. We're we're competing with uh, a trivia night. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that's what was gonna happen. Got our Bucci Mamas. We got Bucci Mama. Do you want a drink? Do you? Are you sure? Okay, yeah. Okay, we're we're, we're going right into right it. Now? That's fine. <laughs> Me and Matt have been going for about five minutes. So All right, cool. We were chatting, and I was like, you know what? Why don't we just talk about? It? We're oh, that's the fidget cube. Uh, if you feel like fidgety and want to like, let me see that. You know, uh, like these. Express some. Uh, anxious energy into that. That is that. That's what that is for. I wish I had a thing in Rover where this actually like triggered samples or something. Oh my god! Wouldn't that be exactly dope? Thinking, that would be pretty yeah. sweet. And lit up. You're, you're fucking. Which that's what you're doing constantly on stage. Is you're just triggering. You're like. Yeah. It's like one hand's doing the bass. The other one's triggering. Yeah. And you're doing shit. I, like, I do some backing track stuff, but it's yeah. kind of been my goal to be more of a, a straight drum kit drummer yeah. and, and and provide like a simplicity right, in that right, right. to Dean being uh, the like more complex mad scientist. Mad scientist. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Order and exactly. chaos. I like that. We've been like saying that recently. It just kind Order of lends itself to it as well. There, um, I like I like too how Matt like a lot of drummers will do the um, have a sampler pad. Oh yeah yeah. And yeah I like that we don't do that. You 4K. Know? Uh, I just think it's been overdone, like the drummer doing the triggering the yeah. samples. I have trouble uh, slowing down and focusing enough to turn and hit an electronic pad too. I'm I got all you. over the place sometimes. Do you guys both have in ears? Do you guys go to a click at no, all? No. Okay. No, it's all none of it's to a click. We do when we do backing track stuff. We're just listening to the backing track. Yeah. So that's the closest we ever come to a click, but it's not. That was the first thing. Like the first thing I noticed was when you laid down a loop, it was solid. And I was like, God Thanks. damn, I was... Okay, you know what? I was very envious of One that. One track that we did a bass loop on, we actually have... I wouldn't even call it a click, but we have this pulsing industrial sound, and I play to that. Gotcha. So that's so like that using a click, but we're not doing, like, yeah, in-ears with the click and yeah, trying, yeah. We're we're trying, trying to, to make it sound like a recording. Clever ways to get right. around that and kind of do every every song that might have a loop or might have a backing track is a little different than the other, the next one. Yeah. And each is its own little challenge. I guess. Yeah, and yeah. No, it just definitely. Suits the song. Yeah, every song, every song, like you're doing something different, and right. so let's back up a little. Uh, me and Matt were talking about the music scene here in Toledo and how it's changed over the last. I don't know. I left in 2006, went to San Diego, and I oh, just cool. came back 
last September, not this last one, but the, so like a year. I've yeah. been back for a year and it took me a while to get used to it, but <laughs> I figured it out. Mostly, I don't know. But anyways, I, I was just curious because he was trying to tell me what his uh, thoughts were. And I don't know if, did you finish your thoughts on that? I'm not sure even where we uh, left it's up. A little all over the place, I guess. But <laughs> it's okay. I mean, by the t when we had started in 2011, okay. I was already playing in like three bands at the time. And there was just a lot going on. Uh -huh. And Dean and I just kind of jumped into it as this new exciting thing for us to do. Was um, was downtown like this yet or no? It was on its way. It was on its way. There was a lot of music happening. Okay. Yeah, Adam Street was on its way at the time. That's, That's where right. we did most of our stuff. This is well. This has just been different with Prometica, even in the past year. Oh yeah, because you know? they're a little expansion. As far as Toledo, not take, the music you know, scene specifically, but just Toledo in general has been more yeah populated around here. I have noticed a lot of transients, um, not like not like homeless people, but like transient people living here. And yeah. I found myself asking people more than not, like, "Are you from here?" Um, you know, just if I'm getting if I'm talking to someone random, you know, because it's like yeah, you'd never see that in the past. Never, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I fuck from the east side, you know, like right. just whatever it is. Like it, it, Toledo is small and. And it's well, you see people at awesome. night on weekdays walking around down here, which right, used to not right. be the case ever. Right, yeah. it, but but it's also it was cool because I was just walking out of an event Tuesday night out down by the Seagate Center, and it's also weird walking out at ten at night, and it's like the the streets are completely dead, but it's like this completely metropolitan area. But, like, there's something weird about it still. I mean, it's still a small city, but it's still sort of, like, coming up. We're in a in weird a growing pain phase right now. I think you're right. For sure. But for art, it's amazing, which I've never been able to say that about this city. It's, I think this is probably the most stacked the music scene's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, diversity and... Just a number of bands. Young bands. Young, young bands, bands. Are really yes. exciting. They're coming yeah. up. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Is there a band that you guys pair with in town here that you would... Uh, even try to pair with you. We're going to be playing with Teamonade really soon. Sweet. And uh, Rogue. Rogue is this uh, band. They all go to Toledo School for the Arts, that high Ooh. school. And uh, they're, they're amazing. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we met them when they were like, I probably even met Jacob when he was like a sophomore in high school at this point. But um, they're so good. Like They're as good as like a, you know. Quote yeah. fingers as like a real band, yeah. but I mean they're they're pretty they're pretty great. I think we're trying to do a show with them coming up here. Um, a cry face is another one. Okay, uh, they might not be together currently. I think somebody moved, but they're another. So these are kind of allies of Rover. Yeah, that we played with in the yeah. last year, had great shows with. Sweet. And they're fairly new bands, you know, that done really well quickly. Why do you think that Toledo's kind of come up in this way? I mean, you think it, I mean, I know you're saying Prometica, I mean, expansion, it's yeah, but bringing that's not people. why the music scene has right. come up. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I, I think that right now there's like a cultural boom in Midwestern forgotten cities. Mm. I might be, this is just a theory of mine, so no, anyone, I, anyone I love feel the free theories. to discredit Please, this. Please, give me theories. Because I work in public relations for music, and I, see, I, I like to think I have at least like a kind of a finger on the pulse for like, what's coming up next and there's a huge difference between coastal music east coast west coast and what's in the middle and i think a lot of stuff is kind of getting forgotten in the middle and um i think there's a this feeling like we got to prove ourselves for especially a lot of young bands yeah you know culturally or just we're scrappy we're scrappy scrappy and and maybe misrepresented in a lot of ways in which know? ways do you think 
Oh, and that culture doesn't come from the Midwest? Mm. It, I guess just in that sense. Misrepresented like they don't have anything new or better to offer. And I think in a lot of, a lot of circumstances, it is better, the music that comes from here or just in any, any small local scene in kind of flyover country. Mm. I think there's better music happening um, than some of what's going on on the coast. Like, I think it suits people's taste better and it's a little more interesting. Yeah. Because we don't I, have big, like, genre scenes here. Or no. we haven't for a real long time where everybody's trying to do something a little different. Yeah. And I don't know, it's, it's maybe that why bands stand out a bit more. It's the most, yeah, it's the most, like, exp- experimental or, like, yeah, non-genre specific it's been in a long time. It, I don't know if, if anyone listening, I guess, has heard the, the or read the book, Our Band Can Be Your Life. It's about, like, punk in the 80s and when all those bands were touring before anyone came to their shows or before they were well-known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those bands had, like, a similar ethos of just trying to prove themselves and do things the right way, the way they felt that was best for their band and not compromising their integrity. Yeah. Um, but they were all playing different styles of music. Right. And all those bands found each other and connected. And that's how I feel about, like, here, Detroit, Dayton, yeah. any, any city, you know, yeah. kind of in between right now. There's a lot no. of good bands people haven't heard of yet. No, you're absolutely right. And, like, I've been to a lot of cities over the last few years just from touring. And I don't know if you were here, but I was van lifing with my family last year, just sort of traveling around and stuff. Um, but, like... Everywhere, even even Spokane, Washington, which is I would say almost like a, it's very similar to uh, to Toledo, very industrial, very yeah. working class, was hit really hard in 2008 with the collapse and yeah, shit, yeah. Uh, ate a lot of shit, and right now their scene is vibrant as shit. Like everybody's just out, everybody's supporting each other, and and not that I'm saying Toledo is like everybody's just out supporting, but. It's an uphill battle always, but it's definitely something that's that's happening here. You know what I felt too is like there's a big kind of cultural thing with trap right now, especially where it's really with cool. Who, what? I'm with so with trap music, trap right music. now. <laughs> where yeah. it's, it's really cool to be like rich and like yeah. and like flex on Instagram or whatever, like <laughs> have stacks of money. And I would love a city like Toledo to like make cool music that feels like the way that you feel with trap, that confidence you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like the Econo version, where like it's kind of just poor but yeah i would love for it to be cool to like be like scrappier and poor again you yeah know? that's how it was when i was coming up and like it was still the remnants of like the whole brooklyn boom in the early 2000s mm-hmm. where it was like kind of cool to be like trashy a little bit yeah yeah you totally. know with like your your what's, what's whole the- aesthetic and your look and and i'd be I'd, i just feel like we're destined for something like that to come back because because after a while like you know certain people just can't who are creative just can't flex like they're rich or something because you know there's like <laughs> right, a bubble eventually yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying it kind of sounds kind of weird but i've been thinking about it a lot no you get uh, not everybody's gonna be rich right i mean and like not everybody's gonna be able to like say that but especially here where it's like, that no kind of living for you yeah yeah that, that kind of living's not really uh in the in, in the the ethos i guess of, right. of the of the culture here it's very working class it's very like i go i go to jeep and I fuck come home, I drink my beer, and I go to bed. You know, it's like, it's very that. And I'm not we, trying to shit had a on lot anybody, of, but. We've had a lot of, like, uh, East Side <laughs> fans who have, like, come up after yeah. Frankie's shows, and they really get it. And 
Dude, Frankie's though. I mean, Frankie's is an amazing historical piece of Toledo too. That is, I don't know what's going on there anymore. I I don't go there, but they keep steady. You know, yeah. they're doing their thing. Steady but I mean, back in the bands. day when all the underage drinking was running rampant and everyone was just doing drugs in the basement and shit. It was a, it was a cool place to fucking play, you know. And that might have even been a little before my time. I think oh, maybe yeah, Coke think in the so. basement of Frankie's was like 2004 or something. I'm 35, 35, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, when I came in, I was 16, getting fucking trashed and doing stupid shit in the basement. I was a very, I was a degenerate. I was basically East Sider just running around fucking <laughs> with oh, my pants Around out. that time, too, that Toledo had a bunch of bigger bands coming through headliners oh yeah totally and, and now we really haven't had a place like that in a while but um right yeah and uh, i mean i remember like corn would play at frankie's yeah. uh cold chambers played at frankie's yeah, yeah. Cold i think Chamber. manson i think managed Man- nails played the sports Nine arena nails. back in the 90s yeah, the, oh yeah, yeah. The last i saw that there, yeah. show wait really? no i didn't never mind i'm a liar oh, i saw liar. them in uh the pa- at the palace which I don't think is there anymore. Is that or is it different? The Palace of Auburn Hills. I think they just do concerts there now. They got little Caesars it, for sporting events and concerts. But okay. I think what you're saying though was like, uh, you know. Well, now we've got. Uh, uh, what's it called? Civic Music Hall. Civic Music that's Hall. Right. That's right. Uh, innovation, right? Innovation. Yeah. Essentially, the same people have been doing the shows. Yeah, Frankie's and yeah. stuff back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's funny, but that's cool. Like, uh, it, it's great that that's available. You know, and. All you can ask is people go out and support yeah, it. Yeah, people need right. to be excited about knowing that there is yeah. know, cool small bands yeah, and big bands Headlining bands, bands are coming to Toledo yeah. to like little places, intimate shows. Uh, what's your guys' lineage of music? Do you Are you from a musical family? Are you are you not? I no, I'm self-taught drums, you know, the last 20 years of my life, but uh, I didn't. I just, you know, played drums in school band and everything, but, you know, marching Your bands. Your family didn't do it at all? No, no, just everybody in my family loves music, though, and oh, I grew cool. up with music. I was, you know, listening to Michael Jackson when I was five and dancing yeah. and learning every word, and so it's, it's yeah. always been in my life. It's a good yeah. start, yeah. yeah. So so you just picked it up. What, what was, like, the precipice that was, like, I got to play drums now? It's probably, you know, Nirvana and in Metallica and Soundgarden, like hearing those it's bands like in the nineties. <laughs> like I loved radio rock and pop music and Led Zeppelin and classic rock, but when I started getting into those bands when I was like thirteen, mm. it was like, Well, oh, I can play drums like this. I wanna yeah. play drums like this, totally. you know, I wanna play like Dave Grohl. And I just started playing in garage bands and never stopped. I yeah. was I was already, you know, in several bands by the time I was eighteen. Yeah. You know, and just had to keep playing. So yeah, totally, it really man. slowed down. That's dope. I mean, it's, I have a similar thing as like self-taught, whatever, you know, but I, I barely know enough to get by, but, but I could like, if you're, if you're like, Hey, play an A minor. I'm like, sure. You got it, Dean. But yeah. And you learned like, you, outside I, I'm not down on, you know, getting act, taking lessons, especially when you're young. I did take some drum lessons yeah, and you know, learned yeah. in band, but it's just like, I think finding that thing that you want to do with music is that's what kept me going. There's. Mm. You know, I always had a, a vision of what I wanted to do with the drums, and yeah. just every year it kind of progressed more and more, and it still feels like every couple months I've got a new goal yeah. of what I want to get done and be able to play and then apply to songwriting, too. And it, it, it always was about songwriting, too, because I was always writing the songs in these bands, too, with my bandmates, and that was always the rewarding thing. I think that, you know, participation and 
collaboration. Um, Hell yeah! Do you play anything else? Or is yeah, it just yeah. Your... I eventually learned, you know, guitar and bass and sing oh, so and write songs. And so you guys are probably both multi instrumentalists, right? Oh wait, no, I know you're a multi instrumentalist. Yeah. I just don't show it off as much. I don't <laughs> right, play right, right. it as much, but uh, yeah. I, well, I guess there's only two of you. I was like, are you all? Okay, <laughs> we so are all. Yes, you, all you are all multi instrumentalists. So. You guys, uh, you guys do the, you split the writing or? There's no rules for that. I mean, yeah. right? Uh, it's it's really jam based. Like, uh, uh, we'll start. Even our previous band, Silent Lions, it was a little more songwriting based. It was based. a little more We'd songwriting bring in based. Songs. Yeah, because I think the idea for Silent Lions started kind of on my own in 2011. I, I like written four songs that ended up being the first EP. Okay. And I was just more interested in trying to communicate what I'd written to Matt, and then we played those songs for a while. Um, and then when we started writing for that group, we were kind of already in like a songwriter's mindset. But taking a break and starting over with Rover, it was just like get in the room and just make something up on the spot to warm up. And then you'll hear like a cool idea in there. And then that'll s- spiral outwards into a song eventually. You guys so. just jamming around like you just pick yeah, a key and just Yeah, whatever's exciting. Go. Like if it's a sample that day that we're hooked on, then the song's going to yeah, be Yeah, it's not even pick based. a key and go. It's oh, like, hey, I'm going to make this weird noise into my ah, sample and yeah. what can you do on the drums to surround that? And then the synth will start fitting yeah. under that. And that's how a lot of the ideas. It's it, it's more tactile than like trying to think about keys or like riffs or anything like that. Well, I've seen, I saw you picking up a saxophone. You're playing the keys. They're the little... Uh, uh, was that Elisis? Is that what that was? I've got an Elisis, and then I have a Rollin sampler. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so what's your lineage? What, do you come from a musical family? Or? I do, yeah. Um, well, I was doing, like, piano lessons when I was five. Yeah. And then saxophone in school when I was nine. Okay. And, um, my, like marching band or pep band or um, like, cla- like concert band, concert yeah. Band. Thank you. And then eventually I did marching bands, I did <laughs> jazz bands and stuff like that. My ne- brother next in line was also a really good singer in high school. Oh, sweet. And then I ended up doing like choir for a little bit and theater and stuff like that. Just just a little bit of that. But I was also playing in like a objectively really cool sounding like punky grunge band in like 2004. Okay. Back when like being grunge was like so old it was lame and. <laughs> And, and then so, but also kind of ahead of a curve because grunge was going to come back in like 2012 or whenever yeah, it did yeah, yeah. anyway. So when I go back and listen to those recordings, I'm actually really proud of my 15-year-old self. Like, yeah, it's like, man, we knew what we wanted and we did it. <laughs> we knew so, what we wanted. It's like for a 15-year-old, yeah, that's you all, know, who knows? Probably being a band is, man, just knowing what you want and, and not compromising on it. But but yeah, man, I, I, I did a lot of music growing up and then I studied saxophone for college. Oh, okay. And, um, did you I, graduate with that? or? Yeah, and then... Uh, first thing i did after that like i played saxophone in a band up in detroit for a little while um at the tail end of college they're called the sites okay I, they're not a band anymore but they they were a band for like 15 years up to that point and um i graduated and that next week i went out on my first tour which was opening for tenacious d for oh, um, nice. for like half a year around around the u.s and then out to europe and with and this band yeah we were the opening act for that no you were um you guys were that was like your band or it was like I was playing saxophone in like someone else's band who he wrote all the songs gotcha. and so he, he was, assembled the band and gotcha. but you know by that time we really started to feel like a unit because we'd done so much touring together and um, yeah yeah there's nothing like the road to fucking tighten that shit it up it was like or to destroy your band <laughs> it was like it was like glue man like it was it was too glued together like mm. yeah we were just so in sync at, at that point like what kind of music was it 
Um, it was like Motown and kind of rootsy too, you know. Oh sweet. Yeah, and imagine that opening for Tenacious D. It was a weird mix. Right. It was like very hit or miss with how it would go at the show. Well, I mean, like you're opening for Tenacious D, so I gotta ask. I mean, were you guys a comedy act? Like, what was the? No. Here's what I think happened. Okay. So anybody who was in the sites, I wonder if you guys have thought the same thing or if I'm dishing too much. So they put out this record around that time. It was 2012. It was called Rise of the Phoenix. Okay. And it was like the rise of their career again. And, and it was kind of their like, let's make a rock record. Yeah. Like a real rock record. Oh. And, and I bet you, like talking with management, who should we take out? Well, we don't have to take out a big band because we're, we're playing like theaters. We know we're going to sell them out. Right. Why don't we go find like an unknown band and it'll look like this thing. Like we took a real rock band out with us. <laughs> and I always felt like that was kind of the, the narrative yeah. behind like picking, picking a band. And, and Jack Black knew of the sites from uh-huh. years ago, just like a freak chance. They happened to like play together for something. Okay. But um, he happened to remember this band that I happened to be in. Ten years later, it's that's a very strange. It's so it's too weird. That is so. You guys didn't have any like label represent or no represent nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You guys. <laughs> we just had a publicist. That was that was about it. And we and like in a like a legit out. publicist, not like your friend Earl. Yeah, yeah, we had a legit okay. publicist, but you know, um, right that was trial by fire, man. I, again, I graduated college and then I got my saxophone degree and then I went out and played saxophone for six months around right. the world and uh, I came back and Matt and I started playing basements. Around the country, yeah, so yeah, we basements. It's okay. not linear, man. It's not linear. That doesn't need to be. You're gonna just do a bunch of <laughs> well, random shit. This business is never linear. It's never like I started here and now I ended up exactly where I thought I was gonna be. Oh, uh, it's always just so like, like a figure eight or something. Well, I'm so sorry. It's not. It's not even circular. It's like a figure eight or something. Yes, exactly. You're gonna it's like cross the same paths you did multiple times. Yeah, and like yeah. all the things that you learned, all the menial bullshit knowledge that you thought was. Maybe maybe you didn't think it was useless. Maybe it was useless. Who knows? But it all comes back and like it's oh, all like sure. useful now. And like, like my 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 knowledge of 1940s swing music has got has 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 uh, has gotten me an interview with a playwright that I really want to I really want to talk to you that's scheduled in a couple months. But like like a very successful play up at Chelsea bro and, and just being able to like my dad ingrain that bullshit in my head I mean it's amazing music whatever yeah but uh, to be able to like pull up these references and connect with somebody really quickly as in passing you know um, and like being able to like pull something like or I mean just that stupid like, information is like is useful to me as now simple as like me getting that saxophone degree and then when we pull it, I pull it out on stage for that song and feels maybe different than if I wouldn't have spent four years playing saxophone every yeah. day. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though it's that one element, it still, like, transfers in a very specific way that it it's remembered. You know, like, it seems to be a something that people really remember about the set when it does happen. Well, I mean, like, so, like, because I met you guys at a hip-hop show, which you guys, interesting, interesting, in, uh, interestingly, thank enough. you, enough, uh, <laughs> fit in uh i mean it, obviously you weren't like here you know like fitting right in like a glove but you guys have hip-hop elements hip-hop too. adjacent hip-hop adjacent i like it uh, and, and so seeing you guys on your on stage like the first impression was just like what the fuck is going on this guy has a fucking half stack who the fuck plays a half stack anymore <laughs> uh, and then you have like your and i'm not trying to shit on what you guys are doing because after i talked to you and like got a little bit better understanding it, it wasn't it was never like this prejudging like what the fuck 
but it's like um, you're just like what you know like what's happening well, here? That strong reaction me? like that yes. is exactly what we would prefer. Yeah, yeah, you elicited yeah. a very strong reaction, but but I was I was sucked in immediately, uh, and then you guys started playing because all I'm looking at is this gear and this pedal board that's like pimped out. Um, that I, I love pedal boards. I love pedal boards. They're, they're like I love everything about a pedal board. I just put my first pedal board together. I'm 35. I just put my first pedal board together. <laughs> Fuck it. It's all good. You got the rest of your life to perfect it. Then I yeah. love pedal boards. <laughs> uh, so I'm like staring down your pedal board. Uh, but but then you guys take the stage and fucking just you know. Well, first of all, my first impression is. Uh, these guys know what the fuck they're doing. They've been doing this. Like, you know that there's chemistry. Like, you took command of the stage. Even though, like, those kids were probably, like, in their own little world, you still were able to captivate I know what you're them. saying, yeah. You yep. took over a room. And I was like, immediately, I was like, oh, okay, sweet. We got to talk to these guys because, I mean, it's fucking, like, I think there's a huge talent in a band or an act or whatever it is in uh, uh, grabbing a room and fucking owning it. You know what I mean? And not everybody can do that. And I, I don't know, like, fucking... I, I think that's only years of experience and putting a lot of energy into it. It's like, we're... Yeah, I've never been able to play in a band that wasn't like that, <laughs> which I've considered, <laughs> like, a fault of mine. Like, okay. you know, I don't think it's ever come to the point... Like, I've all, I always play for the song, and I always try to find you know where that energy is going to be i've played in slightly mellower bands like a post-rock band called phantom limb syndrome and it, it would have really quiet and really loud moments but you know it, it live for those dynamics mm. and because that's when you really get people too and i think we go through that stuff in a two-minute song now you know yeah. that extreme of dynamics yeah. so it's like you just hit them one you're after getting, the other you're getting yours you're, you're getting off and you yeah. know it's <laughs> almost like we have to focus harder to be mellow <laughs> you know where most bands would have to like focus to really like get intense. I just yeah. feel like we're always turned up all the way, and then like when we have to like play that song Cobain, it's like a more chill, soulful. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's just it always feels a little weird. Like I have to focus a little harder to make sure I'm not you <laughs> over. Know, going, yeah, going over the going top. Going too something. big. Yeah, that's been more the challenge lately. Yeah, we have tried that to not to find to find that intensity mm. without selling it too hard to just yeah. find it where we're at with it rather than hey look how intense we are we're just feeling what oh we yeah are. we never wanted to feel like we're trying to like turn on a now it's performance time right like, right sometimes yeah. I walk up on the stage and I, I don't want to feel like there's a difference between when I was setting up my gear and when it starts but if anything you ease into it and maybe the first song you stay mellow because you're like well, that's where I'm at and then it happens really quick usually when I turn like my fuzz on then I'm like alright like, oh I'm in it I'm like, yeah I'm, I'm well, way I mean in like it. you I like you could just tell when someone knows the way around the stage you know like like you can just see it is so like you guys are confident up there and i'm actually like really interested in how you guys fucking like um so you're running effects through the microphone you're running like what like you have a half stack you have the fucking saxophone um where where so where do we start so how, do you guys mind talking about like your gear and how you guys I can't give away my recipe that's totally no fine. no we can't no, I'm no, just no, no, it's so, I'm just no I've talked lower to people lower five than you would think no it is, I, yeah. I, I do uh, so I, that I, stack I, like uh the two cabinets and the two heads I think is about $500 like it really is like the lowest end of because it's a PV and uh yeah and like and like Behringer amp like the, yeah, sometimes yeah. the lowest is like the cleanest 
Like even some clean stuff that's more expensive has a drive that I don't like to it. Yeah. And I, I'm not a tone snob, obviously, and uh, I'm probably like uh, I'm but, probably missing something, but it just works. So I'm not gonna try to buy stuff that is right. I, more expensive a, just for the sake of it. You're not a tone snob, but you definitely have like your own sound. You know what I mean? And like, I don't think I could be a tone. I don't know. I don't think I can be a tone snob because I don't know how to get. <laughs> Lots of different good tones. I just know how to get the one that I that personally want. like. Yeah, and like you were saying, it's like it's a band. The most important thing is like they know what they want. And, and when like, you have a sampler, you can get uh, an infinite amount of different sounds coming out of there. Okay, so let's start with the mics. You guys are running stuff, running effects with the mic. How do you guys run the mics? Like, do you guys have a fucking mixer? Like, what the? F- what just a couple pedals on that vocal mic. Just now, the are you going through the same pedal or what's the pedal? It's just me for the. For the vocal effects. So Don't doesn't he go through the effects too? No, I oh, think got maybe, the house effects. Yeah, whatever. Oh, okay, whatever maybe they, they reverb or something on it. But I just use a, a, a pitch shifter for the vocals. A lot of times I like to pitch it like a fourth away. Okay. So it's kind of like dissonant but not crazy dissonant. Right. Um, it's very like Slipknot Iowa. That's kind of my influence. Like uh, I remember hearing that record a couple years ago for the first time, like really digging in and being like, man, those vocal effects. I mean, you hear that a lot. In, in modern rap or like yeah it's all over everything now but like well, I, I honestly i thought i heard mars volta i don't know if are you oh, familiar sure, with yeah. mars volta, mars volta like cedric yeah. and shit mm-hmm. like and even uh adrian who uh played the saxophone for them he uh he he ran his shit through an octave thing, and he would get those same kind of like yeah. we're all there was like disorienting and shit. yeah and the other thing is just the delay pedal okay um Th- I saw way more than that on your pedal board. So. So, so everything else on the pedal board was for the bass. Oh, okay. But those two are just for the vocals. Okay, so it's it's through a, a pitch shifter, a boss pitch shifter, or no? Just a- it's Behringer. Oh, <laughs> it's like a it's like a twenty eight dollar pedal. It's re- it's really incredible sounding. I, I used the Pog, the um, Electro Harmonics Pog for a long time. Oh, okay. And there was something wrong with the power on the board at that time. We went through like four in a year. Yeah, they're like and, six uh, times the price, too. Yeah, they're like way more expensive. It might be ten times the price. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just a Behringer uh, Harmonist is what it's okay. called. And that's like $20, right? It's like something like crazy. Well, like that. It's in the 30s, yeah. Oh, oh my bad. Excuse yeah. me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Uh, no, I, I have a friend who is in a very distinguished band who like will bring their B3 all the way out to the gig and run it through a fucking Behringer uh, distortion, whatever, a fuzz right. or whatever. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not bringing out my $500 or, or bringing out my space echo. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because his, his studio is like a playland, like an analog playland. And like, is it, he has like the test. That's what our producer's studio is like. Nice, and, uh, I like that's that. How Are some you of get- this stuff has started out like we're in the studio and we're messing around with the so song, like you- finishing it. And some of those uh, effects ideas come from the studio session right. just on the spot. We're like, oh, that was great. Let's recreate this live now. But other times it works backwards and we find something just in rehearsal. It's like that's got to be part of the song. Yeah. It's so rhythmic or it's just so atmospheric. So do you guys find yourself writing and thinking about how it's going to be performed? Or I know Kinda. you just said sometimes it's in reverse, but like... Sometimes yeah. we don't really know how we're going to perform it until after we record it. We have a new song on the... Uh, like album mixtape thing we're gonna drop in uh, early next year where that song time with it where it was like so different and we weren't really performing it before we got in the studio because we both kind of felt like this is probably gonna change yeah we're gonna do it differently and then it, it was just completely different <laughs> it's not like we went in that different it's not like we changed that much in the studio but then like 
we did one bass line over it, and then it went from being a synth song to a bass song like that. Like, oh, okay. I have to play bass the whole time now, <laughs> and, it's, and it, I think it, it's much better that way. So, so the so have you already sort of mapped it out? Have you guys worked on trying to get that into a live set, or have you been playing that? We've or? been playing that song, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And it, it's like it, the bass and drum groove already felt good, and that's okay. the heart of the song. It was just like, where's the mood of this going to lie? Is yeah. it going to be more ethereal, right. or is it going to be more hard hitting? And we went in the studio, and that you know clinched it for us. And now we know how to get the vibe of it right live so you guys play you guys were mentioning uh, analog playland uh, <laughs> with a producer so what tell me about this like, yeah we haven't mentioned on? zach yet um zach. zach ships in detroit okay um, he we've recorded with him uh, did you do anything before the first sci ep with zach no that was the first okay. thing i did with him yeah. so in, in 2011 the very first four song ep we recorded with him as at his silent old lions place, as silent yeah. lions yeah, yeah. And uh, it helped solidify what our sound was. And because of his you know, tape echo and his vintage effects and the way he recorded drums meshed with exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it, um, we just like, well, we've got all these ideas. We've got to keep working with Zach. And we oh, you know what else since. he did too that was so pivotal? He kind of feels like a, a spiritual third member of the band in a way. Like his presence Absolutely. is always there when we're on stage. But I remember Silent Lions, I wanted it to be like a guitar-based project at first. And then we were like messing around after like day one. And he was he was like, you know what, man? Have you ever thought about this just being bass and drums? And that was his idea. And that is like a huge part of like our identity as a band is wow. that it's bass and drums. Okay, so he is basically the third member. Yeah, okay. he, re- he really is. If you asked him, would he say yes? He's written a lot of... Well, I don't know if he would necessarily like He's it. like, yes, he's I humble. am. <laughs> he's humble. I'm the heart of that band. He's right written now. a lot of parts, though. He's really good at writing yeah. all the secondary parts, too. Like, kind of filling in the gaps and stuff. You guys. Yeah, but also melodies, too. Yeah. He's helped write melodies. Couple here and there. That's great. And what, what's his main instrument? Oh, man. Computer. Computer. <laughs> yeah, he does it all. He's, he's an engineering a- genius. Yeah, he played guitar for many years touring with Electric Six, and he's produced all their records in what Detroit, too. Electric Six Electric is the Six. band. Okay. They had that song, Gay Bar? Or, you know, they had yes. that um, High Voltage, JJ High, high voltage, voltage, yes. Yeah, they're that's, that band. That's the, the band he that's was That's Electric in? Six, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's he like was his wow, main yeah, yeah, yeah. High Voltage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's he, what else does he say? <laughs> Nailed it. Okay, cool. That's, and they're out of Detroit? Oh, sweet. How'd you link up with him? I was a fan of Electric Six and that whole music scene around that time because that was kind of like the tail end of the White Stripes getting mm-hmm. big and then people finding other bands up there. Right. And um, he produced a record by this band called The Hard Lessons that like they really took me under their wing when I first started playing in bands because they'd come play Frankie's and they were they were incredible, a husband and wife duo. Oh, sweet. And um, he produced their record that came out in 2009 and it just sounded so different. It sounded like... Uh, uh, yeah, almost like a Flaming Lips record or something. Yeah. Um, and I remember the vocals being really pushed back and reverby, and I'd never really personally been attached to a record that it sounded like that yet because I was yeah. still 18. I hadn't dug that far into yeah, records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, okay, this is made by Zach Ships, and then I found out he's in Electric Six. And uh, I was in an old band in 2010, um, and we did, like, a little tour that we tried to, like, throw together for our, like, summer break in college. And... Um, Electric Six was playing in the city that we had our day off in. Okay. So I had his email at that point. <laughs> and I emailed him, put it on the guest list, and we met him there. And then I, like, just bugged the hell out of him for two years until we finally <laughs> did that. Uh, I just awesome. kept – you know, it's funny. I kept hitting him up, like, because uh, we did that first Silent Lions record. It was, like, August of, of 2012. And I had been hitting him up for about two years just trying to work with him. And I, 
he saw me play in the sights when we came back from that the U.S. leg of the Tenacious D tour. Yeah, yeah. And he like hit me up after that. I was like, hey man, you really like helped tie that band together. Uh, when when were we booked again to like, go to the studio? And I was like, oh, you want to do next week? It was something like that. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly what it was, but I think him like kind of meeting me in that context, as opposed to, like the like little fan kid who was following him around. Right, right, right. Which is nice because it's like almost like a respect thing, right? Like yeah, he's kind of yeah, showing you, absolutely. giving you the nod, like okay, come on in. Everybody okay. deserves to go through that, you know. So I agree. It's uh, what is you that? Gotta prove it. Yeah, yeah, man. Because you can't, you can't be. What's the what's the uh, what's the beginning of the uh, the Warren G song? You can't be any punk off the street. You gotta be handy with the steel, if you know what I mean. I'm sorry, but I just that came to mind when it you fits. said that. It fits. We're going with it. <laughs> so so okay. So you hooked up with Zach, and you guys just clicked right away in the studio, and just and you guys are already an item. I'm sorry to use that word. <laughs> um, uh, you guys were working together. Yeah, but it really hadn't happened yet. I and mean, we recorded it, and we we're hoping to start, you know, playing shows. And it mm. just kind of came together. And by the next year, we played like a hundred shows in a year. Uh, yeah. by is this the basement thing? Uh, a lot of basements. A lot of what basements. What the fuck? Well, okay, okay. So basements? How basements? Why basements? Well, it's all sorts of shows, but how like, shows? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get that, but I'm saying like, how did you book that? How did you? Why? Read, read our band could be your life. <laughs> Because it's just like there's a network of that, and if you if yeah. you look in the right spots, you you find the people who put on those shows. So, so wait, did you say like a website? I'm so sorry. I, we're competing with these. No, it's cool. There's just a network of underground music where if gotcha. you dig deep enough, you you find you find the right people to play with in the right towns, or hopefully the right people. We played a lot of a lot of empty shows too, but it, it's the best environment for your music to really be like heard. Right, and and be paid attention. Yeah, to. exactly. Because at a bar, people are like, <laughs> and you can and yeah. you can t- we've talked about this. You can take yeah. that on and you can make a set that caters more to that. Oh, totally. We can just rock yeah, out if and we want to. You can to. like grab them. I mean, just depending. You know, I think like, we've always been the kind of musicians where it feels like it, it goes over better when it's really heard and you yeah. Know. Where people are there with the intent of hearing music and yeah. And, 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 the, the reason why I was asking is because me and my wife were thinking about doing a, a house concert, but I think it's like a living room concert. There's like a website. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then you it's got even like, more organized now. Yeah, yeah, it's way more organized with the internet. There's you know, an app for it now. <laughs> There's an app for that. Uh, is it called So Far? Uh, I'm not sure. There's I a couple different right. companies that, that yeah, do that. Yeah, it's like yeah. living room concerts or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dot com or some shit. We were thinking about doing it when we were booking our tour, um, but it was, it's just, we couldn't get past the $300 thing, you know what I mean? And yeah. you, you got to pay us $300 so you can get on a list and you may or may not, it's just, I can reach out. I know I'll send emails, I know I'll make calls, right. but I do love the idea of that. So like how, so you guys just reached out on your yeah, network of and part of the challenge just to put something that continuous together and we would go out for two or three weeks at a time and wh- sometimes even during the, the winter we did about a month yeah, yeah. For, how for far did you guys go out we never made it west of the mississippi right we went up to west like virginia boston. out to boston yeah, yeah new york city nice we did all all the midwest east coast pretty thoroughly for nice. about a year and a half that's a lot that's a lot were you going during the winter and everything yeah, we went. Bad winter. We went during that one winter that yeah, the polar vortex where there was like feet of. We were in Boston, and we had like a day or two off, and it was like uh, 
God, it must have been like two and a half feet of snow. I remember just being, yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's so many stories of people just being like, like especially when I talk to people out west who come east and they're just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I, I was talking to these two guys who are, who are hip hop dudes and they're in Brooklyn playing a show and they like, around a one-way street they're completely snowed in like people are trying to help i mean it's a fucking mess and then they had to like austin powers and turn around in this <laughs> because they they got to a point where there was just a bank an embankment of snow that they just decided to pile in the street i don't know i don't get oh, that'll that. happen yeah <laughs> i don't think i would ever tour like that again and no. i think especially with kind of what we're doing it feels a little more regional like mm. we don't have to go as far as long as we play I wouldn't even have to play weeks at a time as long as we play consistently. Yeah. I think the message is getting out there. I've always liked the weekend warrior thing. Like, especially as, like, a dad. Like, I'll, I'll, I used to, the way the reggae band I used to play with, we would go out for, like, an extended weekend. Like, Thursday through Sunday. The most would be two weeks. And everybody had, you know, day jobs and kids. We're all old, fat guys mouth breathing on stage so we well, get it's, tired it's so genuinely different too with like the internet and, and how exactly. bands get discovered but you know for maybe less successful bands i don't even know if i'm lumping us into that or not i feel like maybe we 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 teeter on that um i don't know i just it doesn't feel like you have to tour as much as you used to just for people to know about you yeah like I, we started when you really had to hit the pavement yeah you had to pass out flyers and it was just like a totally different time and it now, is, now it, it feels like there's a lot of different ways to contextualize what you're doing and yeah and, and yeah the way that like you could the different mediums to express like an artist as well i mean even instagram has turned has turned into like kind of an art piece for some fuck yeah. it for some um musicians artists whatever it is you know like social media has turned into an art and youtube obviously and i, I think that falls right in line with like you're getting this whole new wave of younger musicians who are fucking youtube rich and they're just out there fucking getting all the secrets all the secrets you know like you're i mean how many times have you guys like looked at a youtube tutorial and was like oh okay <laughs> you just did that but again for like the non-rich musicians who are still hustling out there i, I don't know i just i don't really i'm kind of asking too i guess for people's opinion on this i don't really think there's any i don't think you really need to go out to new york if no, you're, no if you're a band that doesn't already have like a, a established following up yeah there. totally man. people talk about the idea of concentric circles you start with a small circle then once you get more fans in there you keep doing that right and it's just a matter of how quickly you want things to happen because it's a fine balance i know a lot of bands who like we want this to happen right away and you go out and you tour like crazy and the band implodes yeah you know I, yeah, yeah. It seems well, like I, people are doing that less because they learned from the last generation. Like, yeah. maybe we don't have to be on tour constantly. Why put that much stress on us to... I still think yeah. maybe it was different, to too, where, like, you couldn't be in a band after your 30s or something. <laughs> and that's definitely not a thing I anymore. Did. Did, you, did you put a lot of weight on your 20s as, like, a musician? Like, did you put a lot of weight in his, like... Um, because I, I, I know I did. I, I was like, once I'm past 26, it's over. If I'm oh, not, like you had a year in mind? <laughs> yeah. You oh, had to stop? Well, I mean, not stop, but, like, just be like, if I don't make it by then, it's never going to happen. Or if I don't... Like, you know, like, those stupid ideas you have when you're, like, 17, 18. When you think a 25-year-old is, like, old, you know? You're sure, just sure. like, what right. the fuck? the fuck has this guy been doing, you know? So, like... Yeah, I don't know. Did you put a window window or, or a goal. Yeah, did you put a lot of weight in that? Or are we... That not It's really always been, like, a constant slow burn for me. Mm. Like, it's always short-term goals. You're just like... like 
which I, I think is the best ahead. way to do things. Yeah. These short-term attainable goals. Yeah. I think I did put that pressure on myself at one point, but a good example of where I'd love to be, just in general. There's this band called Auto Lux, mm-hmm. and um, their drummer she drums with Jack White. Oh, okay. And it's like her project with uh, a couple other really good musicians, and they're all in their. They must be in their mid forties at this point, yeah. but they, you know, everything they do. I. What's important is they sound relevant. Yeah. You know, they yeah. they sound like they really have kept up on just music and culture and, and whatever, and that's what's going to come through. You're but g- they take their time doing it too. They there's yeah. years between releases, which isn't necessarily our goal. We're recording and releasing pretty fast, but like whenever they make a statement, they're ready to do it, and it's been worth that time. And it's always a progression from the last thing they did. So that's. So they're doing a good job not getting burnt out. It's all about infrastructure. If you want to do it really slowly, but then 12 years later, you actually accomplish something, as opposed to burning on three years, that's all (laughs) that really matters. And you don't ever, like, it's not about actually getting old, it's just about sounding old. Yeah. Where you're like, wow, this is really out of date because we haven't done any listening because. We got crotchety or something, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. You you turn off. You're like this fucking EDM. I, what the fuck? When I think like a lot of, for example, I was texting a friend yesterday about this. Like a lot of trap music is like objectively terrible, and it's almost <laughs> this unspoken thing where you, like everyone loves it right now, but you kind of can't say it's terrible. But it's because it's junk food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we're just gonna let ourselves like indulge on this. It's McDonald's. For and, our, and I think yeah. we take away some of the fun in that. We take some of the fun in that and put it into what we're doing, and that's that's why maybe I say we're like hip hop adjacent or trap adjacent. Yeah. We're not like trying to like at this point in our lives trying to act like seventeen year olds or something and right. dye our hair red or whatever. But, but I also feel like we're taking maybe on the aesthetics of, of like the 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 way you feel when you listen to that kind of music. I yeah. think is how you feel when you listen to our music. Yeah, because trap does get you pumped, and I, I was debating whether or not to tell you this because it's a little weird, but. Not that weird. So I was like weird doing a little research and listening to you guys' album and stuff. And so I got like super fucking high as shit. And I went to the gym. And I was like, because I've already been listening to it. That's how we it. suggest you listen to our music. High as fuck at the gym. At the gym. Dude, because I used to like, I'd put on like Mars Volta or like, like very high energy music. And fucking go for a bike ride or whatever. And it kind of brought me back to that. And um, not to say that your music is old or whatever, dated or anything. I'm just saying, like, um, uh, that that I, I went there with the intention of just digging in. And fucking, dude, that shit gets you pumped, man. It gets cool. you pumped. And it cool. was, Thanks, like, man. I was able to listen to Silent Lions and see kind of the progression and how you guys sort of went more out there. With I think uh, something with I want to do more of in 2019 yeah. that I haven't told Matt yet is I really want to kind of <laughs> kind of reconnect people with the idea of Silent Lions. Like, I, I, I think there's a, a good amount of Rover fans who don't even know about Silent Lions. I'd be really interested in trying to just, like, get people to, uh, I don't know, tell that story a little bit more. Do I think we kind of just jumped into Rover and, and just, it's a good thing we did, just taking on as a new project, not trying to, like, you know, be like, this is Silent Lions 2.0 or yeah. something. But um, we've been playing a song or two from Silent Lions. Yeah, and it, 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 it feels... When it feels right, it feels, you know, really on point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be really curious because people still listen to that stuff. Like, like people are still listening on Spotify for yeah. whatever reason. I went on and there cool. and, like, your guys' top plays are, like, $15. Like, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. It's respectable, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that, it, that's awesome. <laughs> it's respectable, yes. <laughs> Um, so then, what what was the what was the reason to sort of drop Silent Lines and just shed the skin? We had a we had a dispute with the name 
Oh. There's another similar name, Bands. Ah. They did not want us to use the name anymore. Oh. Um, did they send you, like, the cease and desist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they had their the lawyers contact us. <laughs> oh, they were very... They were rigid. Where are they yeah. from? Oh, we don't even have to give them... No, let's not no, even talk yeah, about those cunts. Fuck them. But I hope they're not well, women. <laughs> God, I hope they're not women. It worked uh, off... Um, yeah, yeah, um, no, it's no, all good. But it worked out. It was a good time because we had kind of taken Silent Lions to the point where we were sort of thinking about like Rover style stuff, mm. but we didn't really know quite how to get there at the time. Plus we had just come off of like touring for a year and just, you know, go, go, go. So by the time that happened, it was kind of hit us a little emotionally too. It's like, you know, if we walk away now, we had some unfinished recordings and it's like, you know, maybe we'll pick this back up in a year. Yeah. And eventually that's kind of the way it went. And when we re-entered back with some of that unfinished material and fresh ideas, uh, initially, Dean just kind of was going through the tapes with Zach, and it's like, okay, well, now we've got no rules of what Silent Lions was. We can just call it a new thing. Yeah. And it was just fresh immediately. Sweet. And that's been kind of the rules for Rover ever since, is just to kind of go with whatever's exciting at the time. And uh, We did an interview with Pace Magazine as Silent Lions was ending, and the whole idea was like, if someone is going to force us to change our name, we're going to make sure that if it feels like an aesthetic change mm. when we change the name and we couldn't get there at that point because uh. it felt like we needed to put silent lines to rest so it wasn't like we were trying to like well we're obligated to play half silent lines songs and half rover songs yeah, yeah. and then we kind of came back in we kind of crept back in at the beginning of this year was like just play a show and not tell anybody and see how it goes okay and the response was better than i expected just doing the the weird stuff live yeah you know it was like oh people are viscerally ready for this like they're not going to think about it too much they can feel the yeah you know the the whatever that is about our music and that's kind of when we knew like well yeah i think i think people are ready to hear this stuff and we think we're ready to pursue it if this is how it's going to be received i don't know if if we did this stuff in 2014 i'm not sure how it would go over mm. i mean i'm not saying that it wouldn't go over well yeah i'm just not sure if it if how it would be different but i feel like it definitely would be different there's a different climate right now where it feels like you can do stuff that's experimental and aggressive yeah. and really uh like heady but visceral at the same time and yeah, people man. seem to be really into it well and, and i think how we keep saying like the hip-hop adjacent thing where like you look at what, to Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar, and Thundercat, who is like this really experimental, like offbeat yeah. artist, you know, and and like having a commercial success with something like that, I, I think that that's helping at least. Well, that was know. all after Silent Lions, too. Yeah. Yeah. Are you saying that Kendrick stole from Silent Lions? Yes. <laughs> He's like, yes, motherfucker. It was, it was interesting, too. We really made like a, a clean. I guess, yeah, like a, just a clean stop at the time, like a dead mm. stop. And we were, you know, we toured a lot. And then at the end of doing it for just two years, we like had a final show and everything. Oh, nice. It was, I know it was a surprise to a lot of people when we did it. But, um, man, I, I guess no regrets. Like, I'm really glad we did it that way looking back now, if this yeah. is the conclusion that came from that. Because it was really, it was nice to give it some finality. And those songs maybe, yeah, man. maybe lived on for people a little more than they would have if it would have just been like phased out. Yeah, yeah, it just like fuck it. It was start a new one. It's a new year, new you, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, the, um, no, it's it's crazy how like fucking how like lawyers and shit can fuck some shit up, man. Is I talked to uh, have you ever heard of Grace Potter and Nocturnals? 
Um, yeah, I've I heard, don't know. I've, I've heard like, of her. They're, yeah. they're like a blues. She's like plays organ and stuff. And I talked to this one guy named Scott Tournay, who was the uh, guitarist for that. And like, I would ask him about his band. And I didn't know he was with Grace Potter because I knew who Grace Potter was because of kind of the jam scene. I kind of got in that, and they kind of fit yeah. that a little bit. Um, and like I, I was covering a couple of their songs in this cover band I was working on um, in San Diego, and he would not call. He would not mention Grace Potter's name at all. He was like, "I was like, so what was the name of your last band?" He was like, "The Nocturnals," and it was just like, <laughs> and then later I found out from his hand percussionist, who was also the hand percussionist for my wife, my wife's band. Um, he's like, yeah, if he says Grace Potter's name in public or anything, he can get sued and shit because they're um, they were suing over rights and shit for that. They were still in court, and I mean that's just that's just like a small thing. Like, and your guys' experience was, I mean, I wouldn't say it's small for the band because you definitely had to like completely change your name and rebrand and shit. But at least you guys took it in a stride, and your guys were able to do a rebirth. Like this dude can't even say her name. So yeah. He has actually an awesome band. With the, as the internet continues to progress, we're kind of reaching like a infinite content culture. Yeah, yeah. So you're get, every band name is gonna repeat indefinitely at a certain point. Oh yes. So yes. I thought it was just bogus. <laughs> Like, just kind of being a little more forward-thinking about I understand where they're coming from yes. from a legal standpoint. But, yeah, it's really it's really litigious in the in the sense that, like, yes. there's so many examples on Facebook. If you look up a band name, there's seven of them. Yep. You know? Like, uh, I think the precedent needs to change on that. I don't think there's a lot of intellectual property when, like, uh, eventually everything is going to be duplicated in, in right. mass. Because, you know, um, it's not even like we've reached a point where nothing original comes out i just think it's always been like everyone's always repeated copied each other from a distance but of now course. we can see it all in real time yes and and uh if they if they go too far with the copying they their lives are destroyed now because the internet turns on people it's gonna be a weird time we're, we'll, i think people will get through it and figure out a, a different precedent but it's gonna be a weird time looking back because there's a oh, lot yes. of a lot of bands have dealt with this yeah, and, and it, there's nothing more than kills the momentum I, because what I think even if we kept going and just say we ended out 2014 as Lions, then, you know, January 1st, 2015, we were Rover. I think we'd still have to, like, do a lot of work to get people to understand what Rover was. Be like, no, this is what we're calling ourselves now. Yeah. I think we'd lose a lot of momentum. Yeah. It's like, and no, it's we're Silent is, Lions, but now we're called this. So, so there's that element, and then there's the element of someone stripping your aesthetic from you. Because, I mean, a name is really important <laughs> it really is i play in a band called green acre sessions <laughs> where their philosophy is what's in a band name so fair enough yeah, uh, to teach their own i guess uh, uh, i i joined the band no i love those guys and the name is whatever we're we get to play and have fun and i i enjoy it so whatever um but yeah okay so rebirth man fuck it yeah just leave the past in the past um you were saying that you worked for a record what, what would you say you work in music somehow i'm sorry oh like my day job yes I i'm guess. a publicist for bands okay and then oh so you go out and, and you publicize yeah, I, I, it's a lot of getting premieres when bands release new music, teaming uh, them up with uh, music websites that people 
people check out. Okay, so that's very convenient for when you have your own band. Uh, you think so, but there's definitely no. some like uh, I don't want to necessarily say conflict of interest, but um, it's there's the buffer of having a publicist. What's great about it is it's someone else going up to a person at this magazine or whatever and saying, hey, this band is sweet. If you're just going up going, hey, my band yeah. is sweet, doesn't have the same ring <laughs> yeah, to it. So sure. we've been able to get some good premieres just based on the people I know. But it's yeah. like people that I've become friends with because of music experiences that they happen to write for sites that I work with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just definitely more of like a, it's more of a real connection than like the um, maybe uh, manufactured publicist connection. What, so what do you just do it on your own or you work for a company or? I'm starting my own company right now you are starting it currently yeah so I'm and not gonna say the name because we're launching early next year cool but um but you have worked for a label before or have you I worked, worked for another PR company a PR couple years company, ago my bad. Yeah. yeah so okay. I worked for another one a couple years ago okay and then um, I'm gonna start my own coming up here sweet hell yeah and um, I don't know where I read it but I heard Equal Vision came up. Uh, the, uh, yeah, another band that I was in Secret Space. Oh, okay. Um, that was oh, you played we with the band on, who were on. Yeah. So in between Sidelines and Rover, I started a band called Secret Space. Oh. Okay. And um, we very quickly got signed to Equal Vision just for some That's friend connections that um, I mean, we didn't expect it, you know. Yeah. And it happened within like the first couple months of the band. Um, <laughs> That's fun. So, like, what? So you just recorded something, you put it out on the internet. And showed it to a friend. Showed friend showed it to his friend who, like, uh, was really close with the label. So and it, it was one of those freak things where, it, I mean, that that's never how bands get signed. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. I shouldn't say it like that. Like, right. Usually it's the person who runs the label and someone he's really close to mm. finds a band that they like. It's very rarely that it gets passed up the food chain like <laughs> six steps and then the guy decides that he yeah. wants to sign the band. So it was rare in that sense. Uh, I really like your guys' videos and how you guys um, you guys got the different medias and stuff. Uh, <laughs> the one, I think it's Motherfucker. It's like Lawnmower Man. Yeah. I fucking love that. Cool. Yeah, Matt, Matt can dive it into this It must be because we're the same age. You love Lawnmower Man too. <laughs> Is that, I mean, and there has to be an ode to Lawnmower Man because there's like a lawnmower at the end. Like yeah, a, a that's, push lawnmower. that's all footage from that movie. Is that I, from I the grew, movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like, okay. I'm like, this reminds me of Lawnmower Man, and it is Lawnmower Man. Well, when Dean and I were in the studio just figuring that song out and getting, like, the synth and the bass tones yeah, and, yeah. and the drum sounds for it, we were looking at, like, a book of rave art from the early 90s, and a lot okay. of that was, like, bad CGI. Yes, and bad early yeah. I wanted to just jump in real quick. Zach, yeah. Zach Ships, our producer, just has that kind of stuff lying around yeah. his studio. It's in, I mean, and not only is he great with, like, analog gear, but he has, like, the most random, like, cool stuff to look at while you're... Yeah, yeah, it's just all inspiration. I, and, I love it. And it just kind of triggered. I grew up with seeing this bad early 90s. Right, right. You know, it's not bad. It's very unique and cool, actually. But like by today's standards, it looks kind of hokey. Right. I thought that would be a perfect fit for the video. <laughs> so I just you know filmed it off YouTube, edited it on my phone, and made a music video out of it. There to it fit is. the song. And, it, yeah, it, love just it. Just like that. Yeah. That, um, so and then you guys have... Well, the Seven Nation—that's your latest single. Is that the latest? We just put one out called Cobain. Um, oh, like today? five days ago. Oh, I was just on there. So you just missed it, man. What the but fuck? it's out there. 
But yeah, Seven Nation's like the, they was the, too high to fucking see it on Spotify today. Um, oh, it's actually not on Spotify. Ah, that's it's why gonna I be love. on the the new mixtape we're dropping soon. Gotcha. So we're just holding off until that's out. But, uh, it, but there you go. But yeah, Seven Nation was like the most recent like big single that we pushed yeah. and everything. Yeah, that's uh, that we've was been having fun like going between those kind of video presentations to something like motherfucker with the yeah. no budget computer animation <laughs> stolen video yeah. and and uh, something like um, seven nation which is hi-fi yeah. features the band playing right and just totally different you know? right yeah and that's what i was kind of gonna say like because you guys took that same aesthetic from the seven nation video and that's sort of like your stage now kind of well the, yeah that's just like that's we just decided to film the video and actually bring in our gear and actually yeah. run it all yeah, you know? and, and you saw the mannequins at that yes. show you were yes, at, too. Yes, that fell over and knocked yeah. the sacks over. So they're not always there <laughs> but, you know, I threw that one away because it was too broken. It was cursed. Like, yeah, the curse it had bad mojo about it. Yeah, fuck that mannequin. <laughs> so, so then what was, uh, I mean, what attracted you to want to cover a song? like seven? And first of all, can I just say that when I first heard you guys, because I think you played it at the show, right? I'm pretty sure you played it at did, the yeah. show. And then I heard it on Spotify. I was like, are they covering the fucking song? Or are they just sort of doing like this weird ode to it? Or are they just kind of... Re- <laughs> We've run into some <laughs> you know what I mean? like, issue I, with I, that. Because yeah. it, it's not this... It's a totally different song. Like, I feel like it's... What's in, uh, interpolation. Yeah. Interpolation. Yeah. Interpolation of that. Yeah, that's it's, yeah. It's just, <laughs> um, that's uh, at least what the legal people told us. But, well, what 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 kind of was like the idea? Is it just felt good? I mean, like what was? I can give you uh, my about a year ago my my schemy idea about it was just like <laughs> I don't know. We, Your we, publicist we, side of it. Yeah. Sure, yeah, the business yes, side. The of business it. side of it. Because I actually think it's kind of interesting. Like we've had some music, some Silent Lines music licensed for TV. Oh, nice. And um, we we work with a group up in Detroit that helps us do that. And it's I mean it's a great way. I think it's the most ideal way for a band to make a living if you can do it consistently. Yes. But it's also a really good way for people to like, hear about your music, too. Of course. So we had a couple songs on the show, Shameless. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that, that show's that's awesome. Great show, and it seems to be like being remembered really well over time, and more and more yeah. people are, are finding out about Sign Yes, Lines exactly. Netflix is helping with that. Right. Yeah. So about a year ago, it was the playoffs for the NFL. Oh, okay. And like every eight minutes they play seven nation army <laughs> at football stadiums <laughs> yeah. and i'm like can, can you guys picture like i was hanging out with some friends i'm like picture just like a halftime version of this like super groovy like i feel like you could license the shit out of that <laughs> so that was like the seed of the idea but then when we actually sat down and jammed that idea it, it came together really it, quick. it was so easy it just felt good right away yeah I mean, and we were just like cracking up too because it's just like <laughs> This is a stadium rock song that yeah. we're playing right now. Like our arrangement of it even pushes those qualities even right. further. But yeah. I, I never thought about trying to fit the words in because the arrangement that we had and the style of singing is just so natural up front. I was like, "Nah, you guys are gonna have to come to me on this one." Like <laughs> everyone we work with, like it, it's got to be this way because you know that's it's it's just not gonna. I don't know. It's not gonna feel like the. 2018 version of that song unless yeah, it is and what's the point of redoing a song if you're just gonna redo it the way they did it before we have yeah, a, a guy yeah. we work with too uh, for the licensing group who, who said to me a couple times like well you guys did choose to cover the the biggest rock song of all time so <laughs> yeah of a two-piece band yeah and that yeah, was the, yeah. the, the, the picking the popular song but to make it our own with everything we were into at the time you, you get the vocal effects in mm-hmm. that song you get the fried up kind of drum sounds and 
the you know the laid back halftime groove rather than you know four on the floor. Yeah. So all the stuff like we're really into and got to put our stamp on it, and I think people really. I feel to I feel that. pretty good about about the idea of that song representing who we are long term in a way too. I think I think people will find a way back to that. Just like I don't know. I think we planted a seed with that. It's a good one to play live. The video is yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like a uh, a good representation of hopefully who we are at. at future phases of the band too because i think it encompasses stuff we want to keep doing indefinitely in some category the yeah. vocal effects you know and <laughs> just the drum and bass groove and yeah. some of the yep. synth moments are really big too and no it, i mean it definitely uh it definitely holds its own on i mean I, I i like i said i couldn't tell if it was a cover or just sort of like a weird little like yeah we're gonna kind of uh, like i don't know I don't think motif's the right word. Uh, anyways, let's. Uh, so I wanted to ask a question. It's kind of weird. Did you have something to say? You no. Look like I'm you're just about hold, to add I'm just holding the. Okay. I'm just looking at you intensely, holding the mic up to my face. Well, I had this. It's so weird trying to yell. I didn't realize it was gonna be this loud at the Black Hole. It's usually not like this. I mean, there's a band play or acoustic act going. I thought we were gonna be competing with acoustic act. Um, okay. So I'm gonna ask you both. It's it's a single person question and we're gonna I'm gonna, this is a new question for me so bear with me um, think of a quality that you um, that you that you need in your life or a quality that you want in your life that m makes life worth living and you guys could play okay it, there's a point okay there's a point we'll get to that and whoever wants to answer first go ahead we'll, we'll get two answers and it could be tangible, intangible. It could be your iPhone if you want it to be, or I don't know. All right, I got something. Yes, <laughs> totally, man. I'm ready. I'm re I know this is a weird question to just spring on you guys. <laughs> I like suspense and anticipation. Oh. In both, I've always considered that a really important thing in how I write songs. Oh, okay. Rather than typical structure. So as a musician, I use these words a lot. There's a uh -huh. lot of buzzwords I've been following in my mouth. And that's definitely um, two of them. But also, uh, I'm a big movie fan. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, that's how I describe most, you know, great films use those qualities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also just those things in your life too. Like when I think about big shows we've played or big moments or things I was excited about just you know whether it's personal stuff or artistic mm. like that quality of the anticipation is that I always you think about it make such a big deal about it and it really shapes the narrative of what you're yeah. going through but still the end result is this totally separate thing that I remember you know it can kind of like take those things apart and uh, but I enjoy being either nervous or being very into something like this is my goal at the end of the week I'm playing the show mm -hmm. or I'm doing this thing I have to accomplish it and it's just all about that kind of you know tunnel vision on it yeah and I think that's I guess what I'm getting at overall okay how about you I dropped okay. the fidget thing my that's bad that's alright but I actually really like that I was, gonna, I was gonna ask you for it when we're done you, you can uh, you can uh, you can grab it if you want or <laughs> kind of like in a weird I got position. It. I got I it. Yeah, know. it fell under this thing here. Um, I suppose the best word might be like belief. Belief. And maybe in like a or like hmm. I don't necessarily want to say hopeful optimism but just belief or like you have faith in what you're doing. 
in the sense that, like, I think from, like, my publicist brain, it's really been thinking about this a lot lately. It's not necessarily even, like, I believe my band's going to make it kind of thing. Yeah. But you kind of have a universe in your head when you're making music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, a story in your head that goes along to... Yeah. Not, yeah, not necessarily, like, a A to B story, but you've got, like, a kind of a vivid aesthetic picture of what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I think a band only works when that's actually real, you know? Mm-hmm. And not just, like, a sketch or not just, like, something you do on the weekend or something. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, I think there's a way to live what you're making in a positive way into your life. And when you really believe that it's a real thing, yeah. you know? I, I, think, I think I've been thinking about that a lot lately with, with, yeah, with music no, and this kind of stuff. Totally, man, because... I don't know, like, for me, I mean, I didn't have a lot of belief in what I was doing, and there was a lot of factors involved, drugs, alcohol, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Ten years just flushed down the toilet, but um, it's it's something that's more recent, like maybe five or six years, ever since I got sober, go figure, where... um, where I was kind of forced to believe in myself where like you I had to go I had a baby um, I had to go out and figure this out I got fired from my office job which I hated and all of a sudden you are forced to kind of like take it upon yourself to like how am I going to make this work and that's when I started working as a musician and and it's something that you kind of have to repeat to yourself for me personally as someone I'm a fucking I have terrible self esteem uh, so like I never really had confidence in what I was doing, but uh, I started I started working on myself. And when you're forced to like take care of yourself and take care of your family uh, because you have to, uh, you have to believe in what you're doing because other the other because no one else is gonna believe in that shit yeah. if you come at them like, hey, uh, you want to hire me? Uh, I guess for yeah, your well band said. or something. You know what I mean? Well so said. It's, it's a it's a you have to have belief in what you Yeah, like, Rover feels like a real thing, you know? Oh, it totally can, is, like, man. It can, it's conceptually a real thing. No, and, and it's like, not just, like, the, the name that goes along with the music. Like, it, no. kind, of, it kind of feels like a real idea. It kind of, it totally That we, like, kind of barely scratched the surface on like, and, what it could be. Yeah, totally. And, and just from, like, showing um, images from your video and taking them onto your stage show. Right. It, you know, like, you're building, you're, you're building a world. Creating a world, yeah. And that's that's why I love it. If, it, if Rover was just, like, the name of a songwriting project or something, yeah. I don't think I'd be into it at this point in my life. You <laughs> just know, it, churning out shit songs for Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... I heard she writes her own we would songs. Co- we would collaborate with her. Hey, like, I would collaborate like something with something weird, like weird gnarly Motown thing for her. Yeah, why not? It's fucking it's Taylor Swift. She probably I mean, wants to do that. Yeah, she probably has something on the next thing she does that sounds like <laughs> Rover. <laughs> Get Rover in here now. I got a song to write. Um, hey, so, I, I'm... Oh, go ahead, please. I'm going to get a glass of water oh, real quick. Oh, please do. Cool? Please do. I'm, I'm so I'm sorry. So you kind of no, like cool. jumped right into this. So we'll go... Actually, this is a perfect opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, how is this going to work? So so you were saying you... you, uh, you um, A quality that you uh, can't live without, that makes life worth living, yeah, is, is I anticipation. Feel, I feel like that's getting at the same thing Dean was talking about. And I do think believing in yourself and what you're doing is the best possible answer to this yeah. question. Because that always rubs off well, on I mean, the people around you, I mean, there's no best answer too. for this. It, it leads somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I think there's no, a sense of, like... You know, at times, obsession and um, 
just really, like Dean said, being in a world of what you're working on yeah. and everything you're doing is kind of a, a positive uplift to making that goal happen. Right. And I've said short-term goals probably several times in the la last couple hours, but I think that's a big part of it because those you get you get a immediate satisfaction over having this goal in a week or a month that you can always work towards and you're you know tunnel visioning towards it while not ignoring your friends and family necessarily but um, you know all that being you know part of your world and I, I just think rather it's been a long time since I felt aimless let's say and I feel that's, that's awesome. a really positive thing in my life to be so you have so let's say that this anticipation uh, if with this anticipation, if, if you had, I say, I don't know, maybe more, maybe if you had more bigger goals in sight that were attainable, how would anticipation, um, how would that better your life? How would that make your life? Um, I guess it puts you in the moment of having to react. In too. the moment. Yeah. So, uh, so this is. So, so the anticipation is—it's for this moment, yeah, and, and 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 that payoff. And you're adjusting. You're not, you're not being. This is this is what I'm doing, and I'm not changing anything about it. You're you're gonna be reactive to things too, uh -huh. and that's very important. You know, when you're you know, especially working with others or considering other people in your lives, how you're gonna stay, you know, laser focused on this thing, but make adjustments so it you know other people. Are, you know, aren't left out, or that you're benefiting them too, and that yeah. you're being a, you know, kind with your life as well. So, let's say, let's fantasize. Let's fantasize about like a specific goal. It can be maybe a big show. You know, like you sold out at the sure. garden or whatever it is. And there's anticipation in your life. You have all these things, like these these goals, these short-term goals that turn to big-term goals that turn into what? What is that feeling of the anticipation? of that show what feeling does that give you yeah i mean just a, your raw visceral feeling yeah i don't know if it's it's me feeding on the anxiety of it or it is just a um it's kind of a, a grasp or some sort of control mm. on on the, on being able to problem solve it gives you the feeling of control yeah i think so okay yeah. So we're going to come back to this because <laughs> okay. I want to finish out with Dean. We're in the psychoanalysis portion no, of the No, I'm evening. so sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm only doing this because I, I just love this idea of how. No, this I actually stems from Neil Strauss, who is a, who is a, I don't know if you guys are familiar. He wrote for Rolling Stone. He did the book with Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Motley Crue. He also did this book called The Game. And which I read recently, and uh, this is part of it. And it was cool. about his time when he embedded himself in a pickup artist, like, cult, I guess. And, like, this is, like, one of the routines he would use to pick up chicks. Um, but it wasn't, like, this, like, you know, this blunt way of approaching a woman. It was, like, a way of sort of building a, a bond, a rapport with somebody that you're trying to fuck. Um, so he... Uh, <laughs> So he, which is nice to have a rapport with people you want to have sex with, um, but uh, that sentence. <laughs> uh, but so he also uses this in his interview techniques because um, he's interviewed some like tough cookies to crack, like Britney Spears and um, Courtney Love. So um, this is one of the I just love this. I love the idea of it, and it always leads to different. Okay, why don't I stop explaining it and let's move on with Dean. 
Okay, yo. So you're saying is belief in your project and your work. Let's say now that you have that belief, like it's a solid thing that you have, and this belief is, has manifested itself into whatever kind of success that's bouncing around in your head of whatever success is for you. Um, you have all that. What, what is the feeling you get? Just, just a visceral feeling, just whatever. Like he said control over his answers. Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to say control but what is the feeling you get from that idea of oh yeah like just I think it leads to consistency like a feeling of like uh, reassurance or it's more a calm feeling than like calm. a calm it's interesting they're playing our music right now is this yeah they're playing a silent line song on the PA randomly our friend Kalen Bruce is doing trivia oh he saw you yeah, maybe he did see me up there. That's super weird. He's like, oh, there's Dean. Terrible days, Silent Lions. Check it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a feeling of like, I think you can, I think you can feel more consistency or like connection. It gives you a feeling of calm, like like you're doing the right thing, like you're living your best life. Like you yeah, just, okay. and even if you're not, mm. you know, it still feels like uh, you didn't just fall off a cliff or something, you know? Yeah. I think a big thing with people, especially when you're younger. I see this a lot with like just the younger generation of kids yeah. doing music right now is if they mess up that's it you know yeah because like, we kind of have this like weird aggressive like competitive thing with young music sometimes and it feels like if you make one misstep then people are just gonna it's over yeah almost Wait. like almost like you're gonna get owned by people and it's just like i mean you you might get trashed on by people but uh it's you know it's just how you perceive what's happening you know so it's a I, that's how you get to consistency is just have enough missteps where you're like, all right, it's fine. Fail enough and you'll, just you'll keep be failing forward. That's, that's fail forward. Yeah. I love that term. Okay. So this is, um, what is he calls this? An item. So he said it was like a foil thing where they like no, no. yin and yang. No, no, no. His, his, so what this is, is a core value test. It's, it is a, like a psychoanalysis type thing yeah. that people use in that world. But also people trying to fuck girls, also, um, um, and me, and whatever. Uh, I'm not trying to fuck you guys. Uh, but so you said you. <laughs> it, what did you say again? It gives you um, control, control and yeah, calm. So core values is control. Do you do you find yourself needing to control shit all the time? I mean, not like in a weird. I mean, like in any situation, well, it doesn't control, have control. I think even kind of what Dean said to control over your daily life because when you feel like you have control over the direction of what you're doing mm. it does you know it kind of feeds into it yeah. right it's like there's a calm to like having control I mean you're obviously a very fit person you have a good control was there ever a time in your life where you didn't have control over no I, th I think I've always been really good with like acts of discipline yeah. and being you know focused on things and being very um, you know, uh, just very independent mm. and being able to accomplish those things myself. Yeah. But also still being very social with people and being being good at being in a band because you need, you know, part of being a band is personality and working with others yeah. and kind of finding those qualities to share with people and maybe recognizing those things that you see in yourself that they can do too yeah. or compliment. 
but overall, yeah, having control over I have very uh, few things affecting what I do with my life. Mm -hmm. It's all on me. That you didn't invite in yourself. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This is yeah. a comment that'll probably derail this conversation, unfortunately. I don't but care. When I think of control, I just think of like Trent Reznor <laughs> being tied up or something. Because I think he uses that word like every other Nine Inch Nails song. We're about to get these mics wrapped around us like Trent. Well, I mean, fuck it. I love, I love fucking Nine Inch Nails. And I'm reading the Marilyn Manson book right now. And I read it, it last year. It's so fucking good. It's so demented. It's pretty like, messed up. But it's like, I'm like right at uh, Antichrist Superstar. So he's sort of still like not what he became the mtv thing yeah uh like trl do you remember that like it was marilyn manson corn britney spear Chris right 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 <laughs> yeah. like 99 i feel like we're weirdly back at that in culture right now a lot of the fashion for like yes for just a lot of stuff right now but especially i keep going back to trap but like there's like a weird <laughs> thing where the aesthetics are very like britney spears meets corn in a way like we're just at a weird amalgamation. Is of that, that where Grimes is at right now? Yeah, Grimes is there for Grimes. sure. Who's Grimes? Oh, check her out. Yeah, she, she's she's been making music for for a long time now. But That's she's dope. dating Elon Musk. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. That was kind of the breaking news this year about Grimes. She oh, randomly okay. started dating him, and she's got like this new single that's all about like AI and oh, you know. Tight. Yeah. I like it. I'm gonna have to check it out. Fuck it. You'd like it. Okay. It kind of sounds like orgy or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> orgy. Yeah. Speaking of Manson contemporary. Yeah, exactly. No, and, you know, like, for, I, for those kind of books, I'm always, like, I'm always very fascinated to, uh, to a point. And it's, like, always to the point where we're fucking another model in the French Riviera. And I threw fucking... I th I threw my wine in the face of the fucking pool boy. It was like uh, excess, and it, I just sort of tune out because I don't know. I can't relate to that, and and that's what the that show was the is point actually I was become. making originally. But, too much, too much money, too much success in music. People won't relate to it, and the, that bubble will burst eventually. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And, but I mean, with Marilyn Manson, he's he's kept his own for a long time i mean doing the same shit and like uh, i always wonder like if columbine never happened and he didn't get the blame from like right-wing pundits about like mm. being the reason that happened i think i always feel like mechanical animals would have taken off like he would have mm. been a totally different thing like uh, like a real cultural significant wow because he sums up that time so well Mechanical Animals is the one with the tits. He has yeah, the tits. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, and that's what he was on. Uh, he was touring, and yeah, shit. and he was yeah. touring on that when Columbine happened, and then uh, it kind of just like capped him there, you know? Yeah, yeah, it totally put him in like this place. He's underrated. He is, and he really like is. when you read that book, you really see how much he was involved with the music. And, like, exactly. Yeah, and how much control he had, and. And how intelligent he is. I mean, you could tell that he's intelligent just by seeing interviews, but, like, but like, it was interesting that he was a journalist, and, like, yeah. he's always been a writer. And yeah. Every conversation he had with people about Columbine and about music's effects on kids, like, he came off really well, and, like, he really got his points across, I thought, back then. Yeah, yeah totally, man. Yeah. yeah, because he would be on fucking MTV talking about, it's like, oh, I don't... I find I find that there's tenets in Christianity that are useful and like you know like the way he talked 
to an entire culture and because of because of that time too because the internet was very limited in bandwidth um, no YouTube TRL was our sort of our, our, our vision into whatever yeah, you have like you know. 45 minutes of YouTube time back then and it was TRL and, and that was it yeah, and 45 would, minutes of culture time every day and, and you know like I was into it and you know I was hating on NSYNC and Britney Spears like the rest of them because I was into corn. But now I find myself singing along to those songs and shit. You kind of like lose them. But yeah, I mean, like at that time, he really was talking to a mass of people who are all watching this one show at the same time. It would have been really easy for him to be radical at that time about it, and it would have been much easier for people to pin him into a corner. Right. If he if he if he, uh, if he wasn't so like logical and and even right. keel. Yeah. He did everything right in a situation like that, and, and just kind of wish he was, you know. I wish it would turn out different for him and he would have been more of like a long-term cultural icon. It would have been really interesting to see him maneuver, you know, yeah, more time in, in different right. events. Well, yeah, if he, what if he was just like, I reject that, fuck that, and he's losing his shit on TV. He would, he would look know? like a guy who uh, causes kids to shoot up schools. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> you, so from this weird test that I did, you said calm is... Is supposedly your uh, supposedly supposedly uh, your uh, your core value is is there a time when I mean like is calm something that you pursue a lot I mean do you have a lot of turbulence I mean internally I, I'm just I'm curious where where that comes from I smoke hella weed no I don't actually Bitch. <laughs> I don't I've never smoked weed um, really yeah I don't know I just seem like the kind of person who do you drink no. Do, no, do you I never do drugs. Straight edge. Or? Yeah, I'm not not straight edge by like. Yeah, not name. straight edge. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah, yeah you're not anyway. vegan. And I have health issues, so um, I can't. You know what I mean? What I, do you mind? What? No, I, I can go into it briefly. I've just had a chronic stomach issue. Oh shit! Yeah, so it's, it's hard to drink a bunch if you. you no, know. I have stomach problems too. Yeah, from drinking, but yeah, they stay with you as you get older. <laughs> yeah, they don't totally go away. You just learn to manage them. Uh, well, yeah, you know, lots of green shakes, green sludgy shit. Yeah, just eat eat roughage. That, that normally helps. <laughs> just eat more roughage. No, well, I, I I felt like um, I felt like my life was more chaotic years ago. Yeah. And um, as it tends to be, right? When you're young, shit's kind of you don't really understand yeah. everything that's happening to you all at once. I still don't understand most no, things, but, but I'm okay with that now. Yeah, exactly. You become okay with the chaos, right? You know. Yeah, or you, like you become like, okay with being wrong about things. I, I think that's the most important thing that any anybody who's successful who will ever tell you is like the amount of times you have to fail. Oh, it's like a it's to a twelve figure. to one ratio. What what's a time that um. What, well, I mean, since we're talking about you know chaos and stuff, uh, what what's a time where you felt like you failed, but got a great lesson out of it? <laughs> to the end of Silent Lions, yeah. you know, like yeah, pretty great example. It, it's, I mean, it's one thing to, but that wasn't like a force. Fa- that wasn't a failure because you guys were making the wrong decisions. You were kind of forced but then you embraced it and and i know what you mean it's not necessarily connecting the dots thing like uh well now that i got to this point i'm looking back i can define it as your own thing it's not necessarily even that it's just kind of believing that even though you don't know why something is going wrong you know that it'll turn around eventually if you do all the right 
stuff that you know intrinsically to be right. Yeah. You know? And then and so I think that's where consistency fills in for me. Well, if I'm just consistent with what I do, yeah. because I know that I'm doing the right stuff and I know that I get value from it, mm. then I don't have to worry about uh, something being a failure, quote unquote. So. Right. Well, the word failure kind of changes, right? Because, like, if you, I mean, you made, like, you made a left when you should take a right. You'd be like, well, I guess I should have took a right. I remember when I was younger, my mom used to say this a lot, that, like, failure is just learning a lesson. That sounds like such a cop-out. It is. For, like, for, like somebody maybe who doesn't, like, try very hard. Because you can just <laughs> fail and, like, not get a job and sit on your couch all day. And it's like, well, I'm learning something. But right. I think when you really do, like, I think you really do learn from the things that didn't go right. It, yeah. If you're perceptive enough to get it right the next time. Right, right. If, if you're thinking about it, because, like, because, like, I don't know, failure for me is always like if you just gave up completely, right? You yeah. know, like you yeah. didn't get the job, and you're like, well, I'm never gonna get a job. Why try? I'm just gonna live off my mom. T- failure. It feels know? like though, even like every show that we play in one way, something doesn't go right, and I learn from it. And it's not like eventually I'll get to 100 percent because you're always gonna kind of screw something up or do something differently. I mean. Like a, a mannequin fell over and knocked my saxophone off the stand, and it was embarrassing. But like at the same time, it was like, well, I threw the mannequin out, and uh, yeah, I do a different thing with the saxophone now, and everything's cool. Like, right, you know, you, you fix the, you fixed it. Yeah, just keep yeah. fixing, keep molding yeah. things attend, into what you want them to be. Tend to your garden. You don't want it to yeah. wilt. You uh, honor thy mistake is hidden intention, right? All that shit. All that shit. Um, Very zen. So so then, um, what you were saying that you had kind of chaos in your life at one point. What was sort of one of the reasons, or I'm sure it was a ton of reasons, but I'm just curious, like what that chaos was, or what do you can you put a finger on it, or because oh, I'm only going off because you said calm is your core. So this is all stemming from that fucking question i really think it goes back to that belief thing i don't think i had that the way i do now yeah yeah so like in your 20s you're a little bit uh you're a little bit more self-conscious of what you're doing you're a little bit less and yeah not even self-conscious it's just uh when you're doing great you're like you think you're the the shit yeah and then when you're doing terribly you're just like broken up about it yeah, yeah, yeah. i think that's a chaotic cycle to go through yes it is but when you're doing great and you're like yeah i'm pr- i'm pretty damn good at this yeah and when you do poorly and you're like you know what that wasn't so good it's a much different feeling than like you know i'm the king of the world i should yeah. quit you know what i mean do you think that comes with age or do you think it just comes with practice both i don't yeah. think you can get practice without time passing yeah and really putting the work in yeah yeah i really think the chaos is just for me i think it was just age age and, and just not having learned lessons yet and this everybody goes through it yeah you know calm. it's very that yeah. very relatable thing you feel when you're younger yeah, totally experience has definitely led led us to be doing what we're doing now in the way that makes us happiest and that it's really effective for what Rover's doing. I'm sure there's going to be some point in our future where some sort of twist comes into what we're going to do, and it's going to be a challenge of can we apply what we've been doing to this new thing, whether it's a big tour or a certain kind of song hitting, some sort of you know like step up to the plate kind of challenge, and it might put us out of our comfort zone. And I'd like to say we'd be ready to you know go after kinda, that and I'm feel kinda, a little uncomfortable. Kind of embrace that idea too that something will put us outside our comfort zone in the future. Oh, yeah. And, and you know I don't think it'll ever be quite as bad as it felt having to like knowing we had to change our name 
There's something oh, specific about that one where it was just so like... So that was like a really hard blow for you guys. It just like, stung in a weird way. You know, sure. It just kind of kind of just felt sick to my stomach or something. Who wants to be forced to do anything? You know? Yeah. It's like, it's not it's not a great way to get results. And again, who knows I mean, what could happen is, next, but, but, you know. Right. Uh, you go through it, enough of those that feel weird enough, you kind of... Yeah, you kind of embrace you, you it. You build the muscle more. up to, to deal with it. The, it. When I had to move back to Toledo, like, I mean, I just thought my world was over. And, like, I was just like, fuck. Because Toledo was the place I escaped from in my, right. in my story, you know, in my narrative. But coming back here has opened up more doors than I can even think of. I mean, like, you know, it's like... I was really happy out in San Diego. I was really happy with the weather, and that, I mean, it was everything. I, I enjoyed my life out there, but but I, I even remember remember saying to my wife, I was like, I know once we get there and we figure it out, like it's probably gonna be awesome. But right now, this is just awful. <laughs> and I think I think I think that was a a moment for me that I look back on where it's like, oh, you're starting to see like. You're starting to embrace it a little more, the chaos. You're starting to embrace this. Like, anything can happen, and it's going to happen. And Were you doing this podcast before you came back here? I was. I was. Yeah. And, and this podcast was a way for me getting out of comfort zones because um, I'm a musician, and sometimes musicians don't really know how to communicate well with their mouths. Like, they can do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I, I mean, for me, it was like really running face first into my biggest fear, which is just talking to people I don't know, like I know them, or like I'm like yeah. we're friends, or like I mean, I mean, or coming like, up right after our set and being like, "Do you want to be on my podcast?" Hey, yeah, exactly. Approaching, <laughs> which I, I love. I love when that stuff happens. I do too. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's like the. I mean, it's. I'd that, rather go on someone's podcast in that situation than get an email from somebody and be like, which I totally email too. <laughs> <laughs> like endless emails, okay, but you know. But no, I've gotten the best podcast just talking, playing festivals, um, playing. Uh, last year, my band played South by Southwest, and that place is just network city. You're supposed to go there and network, right. and and my best interviews were just standing backstage with a band smashing away, and fucking being like, "Hey, here's it." And I always get really great interviews when I'm just at a festival, and it's just like, "Hey." <laughs> it's like you want to do this let's do this now and, and you know you get there's just you're way out of your comfort zone you're you're sometimes you're reaching sometimes you're on it sometimes you're not connecting but that's like part of the fun you know it's like figuring that out and it's also taught me how to connect with people quickly quickly <laughs> um, for me I feel like when I approached you um, I only wanted to like say, uh, well, I did want to invite you on, but I wanted to compliment you purely. I mean, your your set was awesome, but I wanted to say about your loop pedal, yeah, because like I respect timing and someone who can get that down because I'm terrible at it. But that was sort of something that I I mean it connected us kind of in a yeah. weird way. Yeah, I got you're you. like okay. You started to talk to me a little bit more, and I mean, you weren't guarded or anything. You were very open to talk to people, but it was just, for me, it's taught me how to sort of like, you know, uh, it, it's always the small things that connect us. So like timing yeah. is sort of what kind of made me zoom in on you. Um, 
I don't know. I don't even know where that was going, but whatever. I feel like you were about to make like a grand point to some everything. No, yeah, like I, I completely just <laughs> went off the thing there. I, I mean, just getting out of your comfort zone is the the opening to a, a world that you're not even ever familiar with, and that's what's exciting about it. And and that's how I've grown is just being able to communicate with people and just just by facing your fears. Control. Control. Calm. Communicate. Communicate. Ooh, the Fate. three C's, man. <laughs> I think we here just we did are some quite here. a group. I just well, <laughs> I appreciate like your you know enthusiasm for what we do, man. Like we could feel oh, that when we course. met you, and that's why we're here. It's well, no, it's it, really it, fun to. It was like it was just such a weird place to see you guys too. Like, yeah, and it it's a such an off. Night. I mean, that just wasn't what I was expecting, and that's great. Do you remember his son too, <laughs> little boy? Like my son little? was just like kept coming up to you guys oh, and being right. like yeah he's, he's cool whatever he was saying i don't know he just kept yeah. giving me high fives yeah yeah exactly he's just shout out to chris Kelly for putting that show Fuck on yeah we're gonna chris, do more stuff also with him. a great guy you should yeah. man like chris yeah. fucking grinds and i think he is such a um um uh, uh um I don't know a purveyor. No, uh, that's not what I'm. A curator of yeah, like he hip hop is. here in Toledo, yeah. where he's like going out and finding people that he likes or sees potential in, and like puts on a great show. Because like I go to those shows and I see such a variety, and like there's always something different to see with yes, yeah. and, and it, it kind of spotlight. It, it definitely spotlights the talent that's coming out of this city. Is which is crazy. I mean. I love it. I love what this has become, and yeah, that was the biggest comfort for me coming back here. Have you guys ever moved away from here before? Yeah, or? I went to school in Athens, Ohio. Oh, sweet! Athens yeah. is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So I, I was, um, I moved back in 2012. I was down there from 2008 to 2012, and like the first year of like Matt and I jamming together, it was like whenever I was up on break. Oh, you nice. Know, like four months apart, we jam for like a day. Whenever I'd be back <laughs> up and wearing the songs over a year's time pretty much doing it that way yeah, why not but no you're saying yeah it's like uh well just like going and coming back is just always so weird um you just things change there's buildings gone that were there and now they're not and now there's especially a new going building. somewhere like athens every year it's like completely different i, I, I haven't like. been there since i was like fucking 22 but it's, it's a good beautiful. time to be there yeah. it's beautiful good age yeah. to be there yeah. went to a lot of hippie festivals and shit um is there a weakness in your playing um from the past or currently that you're working on that um you're trying to get past or have gotten past i don't necessarily want to say a weakness but well i'm I sorry i know that sounds bad i always give the example my left hand sucks on the piano so i always work at gotcha. that so not weakness as a player i'm just saying like something yeah, that you're working on as a yeah it's like the i think the work in progress for me is like I've like put myself in situations where I feel like I have to perform really be like a large personality the whole time on stage because mm-hmm. I've done that in the past definitely more with Silent Lions it was more about just large energy the whole time yeah and kind of what we were saying I almost have to restrain my instinct mm. to do that to get a I think I get a better performance when there are spurts of that energy every once in a while. Right. It makes right. the performance more dynamic and it's more who I am. 
Ah, and, the, and you guys were talking about that earlier, how you got, yeah. you guys are learning to pull back a little instead so of just... So that's a constant where it'll always be a work in progress of getting up there and and making sure my body is like physically doing what what would make the most sense for like my personality, like yeah. the way I present myself. When we first started, I was really into the idea of just... Uh, we did some shows where I... The first one we did back, even this coat I have here is like really long coat. Which is wearing that coat on stage and not really moving for like the first chunk of the set. Uh-huh. So I'm like, if we can communicate the visceral thing without having to like really go full throttle, jumping around or whatever, yeah. swinging stuff around, I think it'll land harder. And that was a really good like bedrock for the idea of what a rover performance should be. And uh, I'm definitely more active now than I was then, but like. I like that idea that if I was incapacitated moments before the set and, you know, I couldn't move my legs or something, right. that we could still pull it off with the same intensity. Yeah. Like, so I'm always, I'm always working on making sure I'm not overdoing it. I like that. And you, and you don't... I know so many bands, man, like yeah. even bigger bands that I see them on stage. And this is just personal, personal yeah. preference. But I see them and from the get-go, they're like headbanging as hard as they can. And it just seems so lame. It I, seems it even seems bands I really like their music, and I'm like, man, if you guys are just calm down a little bit, I would like this so much more. Yeah, you know, just so. just sort of play your instruments. Don't do the whole thing. Or or when you see somebody who's like, it has to feel like a, a spontaneous release or something. Yeah. As opposed to like, a, this is what I do on stage, and <laughs> this is where I flip the guitar on my back, yeah, whatever. That totally. stuff comes across as so canned. I I agree, and like they're. When I see bands, the, the bands that I gravitate most to is the bands that look natural at what they're doing. So, like, that's what caught me with you guys, um, besides the music, was, like, you guys look natural. Like, that's what you're just supposed to be doing, you know? Yeah. Like, my wife is very effortless. I love how my wife performs. She's very effortless and just like, eh, and, and there's a calm with her, and she's very positive, and... You know, you can see years of confidence there, you know, and that's something that she had to learn. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, like, or, or like when people are timid on stage, too, that kind of like throws me people off. People are too. what on stage? Timid, like, you know, they're on the mic, like, hey, uh, uh. Sure, I think it's the exact same thing. If, yeah. if your MO is to be too timid on stage, I think it would be a fall, and you should work on being a little bit more confident on stage. Right, and even if you have... If that's, to, what, if that's what the sound of your music is, and that's right. what you're trying to express. Right, and, and I, I guess when I say timid, is like just not having stage control. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not... It goes back to the natural thing. It's like, if you don't look natural up there, I have a You can really be modest and still control a stage. I'm sorry? You can be modest and yes. still control a stage. Exactly. You know? I think yeah. it's timid when you want to connect with people or you want to put on a bigger personality on stage, but you're too um, self-conscious to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's totally. that's when it kind of enters into a negative category. Right, and 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 then like when someone's forcing something, like, um, did you know that person? Yeah, oh, our friend nice. Tim just walked by. Oh, nice. Hi, Tim. <laughs> uh, he's probably weird. Like, why is Dean in there with a microphone? Oh, uh, somebody maybe come in. Tim can get in on it. Um, nah, I forgot what I said. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't care. It's fine. We're just shooting shit. Um, let's. What uh, what what is a uh, something that you're working on, performance or playing wise? I mean, rudiments, whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. The physicality of it. Uh, mm. These shows that we played, 
we sometimes we change them up and improv things in the moment yeah how it's going but generally a lot of our shows it's that same thing of finding a drum performance intensity that feels allows me to be go a hundred percent when i need to and never let the audience down with a part that should feel 100 that i'm not yeah. and that i'm only giving 90 and you know that's just general fitness for being a drummer but also just finding those emotional moments where Ooh. it's felt more than I actually need to do anything on a technical basis. Yeah. I've never I've never prioritized technical ability over playing emotionally on the drums. And you need a lot of technique to pull off those emotions, whether it's some sort of, you know, a technique on hitting a drum or hitting a cymbal in a way that lets your arm do the next motion. And, and you don't yeah. really think about it in a mechanical way, but it happens that way. Mm -hmm. So I, I notice patterns and things like that that come up during certain moments in our set and uh, to try to acknowledge those without let them becoming routine yeah 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 and acknowledging yeah this is how I play I have kind of a stylistic flourish on the drums in a way I think people enjoy seeing that because it it's a little more of what makes me unique as a performer but also it's just it's naturally how I feel when yeah. I play and uh, we're incorporating more and more complexities in our music uh, you know on a song basis but it never gets away from just the feel mm -hmm. and if if anything if I could aspire to be you know a drummer who has the, the feel of like Questlove oh, who can yeah. recreate that kind of drunken beat of a laid-back hip-hop yeah sample, you know that is that's a goal for for my life dude um, you know yeah. as much as being a hard rock drummer so yeah, to no. bring all those kind of elements together I'm always trying to mix that stuff yeah up. yeah totally yeah. man like just bringing emotion and technical and, and kind of melding them into because you're trying yeah. to like say something with your instrument you know you're not just sort of out there pounding away like you're trying to emote and you know perform yeah i mean it's, it's the a classic big, it's a big uh, hard it's a hard thing to goal, do man yeah. did you i feel like i can piggyback on that a little bit too just kind of relating back to maybe both our answers like there's one song we knew in particular where there's so much stuff i have to do <laughs> at Tufay. there's so much stuff i have to do in a two minute span where it's like um it's the only song i feel like like it's technical in that way where i almost have to actually focus or bring more energy than by max a lot of times we end the set with it it's I and mean, it's a lot of technical sampler stuff right. and I'm, I'm triggering stuff as i'm singing and moving right. around or whatever um but it also when we do it right it feels like the most natural part in the set for me you know Just and there's something about pushing yourself it's almost like going super saiyan or something like <laughs> i'm pushing myself to a certain level that seems completely ridiculous and unattainable <laughs> to the point when I get there it feels even more comfortable than me just you know standing there and chilling well and, and also just just comment on that like you look very comfortable doing it and it looks very natural and like you've done like you can tell you've done it a lot you know like I think having so much stuff to do pro like prohibits me from doing the whole canned like headbang at the same spots whatever like <laughs> yeah. I think if I go slowly through all the technical stuff and don't try to perform during yeah. that when i perform it hits harder you know it does because yeah. you're because I have moments of freedom and and also i always love seeing people like switch instruments like it, it, it's also a part of the show uh, on on a, from the standpoint of the of the crowd because you're doing all these things making all this sound just two people and as someone too it would, i feel proficient enough in en enough instruments i feel like that's kind of my duty to perform i feel like i'd be selling myself short if i was just singing or something you know yeah yeah. i, I, I do think people saying. relate to that like uh 
being able to see someone do a couple different yeah, things show, you're pretty earning well. that fucking paycheck right people right that's how it feels yeah. earn that paycheck man no one wants to just see you up there going uh but i mean some people want to see that too whatever it's like yeah, certain songs take over that are more technical like that with the performance element is maybe just how we pull them off all mm -hmm. that sound and others are more us playing off each other and more have traditional kind of you know two-piece the organic elements of that and the dynamics coming out of us playing that way together but then there's some songs that mix all that stuff simultaneously yeah it's so. like a sound thing too when we do the bass and drum thing it's more the rock feeding off each other's energy in that way it has a very different sound than like some of the subbier sample moments there's a band called the garden that we really like they do a really good job of that they'll have their like play do like a backing track that has like sub hits and really deep cool synths and then they're they're a bass and drum duo too so when they pick up the bass and they play with the drums it doesn't sound subby anymore but like then you get this really like frenetic energy where like oh that's them you know yeah. that's them as those two people and then they'll go back and do their like electronic like whatever it is I don't know. Yeah, they're a band that does a good Trap job of kinda. building a musical world and drawing you into it too. Uh, Soul kind of stuff, yeah. That's cool, man. I yeah, check them out. Um, so you guys got a mixtape coming out. What uh, when when should we be expecting that? Yeah, it's a mixtape style album. I think that's that's the line. And you I wrote also, in my by head. the way, we didn't even touch on this, but you you kind of do like a spoken word type thing as well. Yeah. And which I think is how Chris rationalized it. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was just like, these guys are awesome. Let's just have them play. But also that... You know, I would never is. say that I rap because I genuinely don't think I do. With the, the closest we get is we call it shit rap. Shit rap. But I like, like it. it's kind of a play on trap too. Yeah. You know, it's like the... I mean this in a... In a... In a trap. Trap. <laughs> I mean this in not, not a mean way, but it's kind of like lowest common denominator rap. Like my skills kind of fit level one as far as like proficient rapping what what what, being what, modest. what time period would you put yourself in uh the style of rapping that you do oh like 2018 Tw oh okay yeah okay. like i can deliver like four words convincingly at a time um yeah the spoken word thing too there's this artist called milo um, he's a, a rapper right now who i mean he's he's a real incredible mc and he, he's very studied in that whole world. But some of his flows go off into a more spoken word direction. So I've written pieces that are intentionally spoken word that, like, that reference that. I'm not trying to rap the way he does. So it definitely comes across as more like spoken word than anything else. And that's maybe where I feel... So I feel comfortable with that because it almost feels like you're reading a poem or something. And then I feel comfortable with like the simple triplet <laughs> modern thing too because I feel like anyone should get up there and do that you know what I mean like yeah. anyone should feel the confidence to just that's it, the point of it but it, it but it works too which is great about it is like it, it works, works because it's like Matt playing the drums too and it's our sound like yeah yeah you know. yeah it's like it totally works it like don't it, it's interesting um so we're getting close to the end here and I also have to pee uh let me just let me just make sure I didn't skip over anything that I really wanted to touch on. Wow, I did an all right job. I did pretty good. Um, so how can people get a hold of you? What's your website? Do you got a website? Do you got Facebook? No, What's just Spotify. Spotify. If you want to listen to it. The Facebook, too, has a lot of the videos mm. uploaded directly to it. 
Yeah. And then YouTube, all our videos are on YouTube. Sweet. I think we're going to do a lot of music videos. R-O-V-R. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not R-O-V-E-R. There was no reason for me even to say the other way of spelling. No, cut now that I'm just out. confusing people. <laughs> I'm the best at saying things unnecessarily. Um, okay, well, fucking A, man. I really appreciate it. When's your next gig? Uh, New Year's Eve in Cincinnati. Oh, tight. We're playing the Woodward Theater. Um, and then I think the next time we play in town here, we're going to do uh, the uh, mixtape release. And... Um, to be to be announced. To be announced. Secret show. NBA, baby. I'm thinking early February. Okay. So yeah. Right yeah. on. Um, and Cincinnati, are you playing with anybody? Or yeah, we we're friends with this band called the Yugos. Okay. We've known them forever, and they're doing their 10 year anniversary show. Oh, fun! And it should be really really cool. Yeah. That sounds like a really big show, cool, man. So. It's at theater, you said? Yeah, Woodward Theater. Oh, sweet. Where's it's that? It's in Over the Rhine, Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Fucking. I've been trying to. I, I really want to get out to other cities like in that region because it's just. Yeah, come down for New Year's shit. Eve, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about Changed that. all your plans. <laughs> yeah, it's like fuck your family. It, you know, it's weird. Well, anyways, let's just end it. I'll, I, I'll just keep going all night, and I have to pee really bad. So, Matt, Dean, thank you so much for coming down here and yelling over uh, trivia. We're ending right as trivia is ending. Right. So, you want to do this timing. all again? Yeah, we, we'll just... Get a clean take? I remember all my lines, so... Oh, good, good. I'm glad. Is it okay if we play a song? Play a song? Can we play a song? Yeah. Not right now. I'll like, edit you it. You want us to go get it. our stuff? <laughs> yeah, will you go? Set up here. Can we... Um, what song should we play? Seven Nation in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just go out on Seven Nation. Let's just end the show with Seven Nation. I think it's cool. Sweet. All right. Oh, I gotta say my sign off then. Um, Jesus, this is embarrassing now. Uh, <laughs> uh, take care of your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. Let's listen to Seven Nation. <laughs> Rover. Okay. Bye.